How are you now? This is Sean O'Keefe and this is Scoreline Extra, the podcast that is bringing you all the post-match interviews that we've conducted at the weekend. We have five live games, so I'll have all the post-match interviews that we've conducted from that, as well as some of the interviews that we had on Scoreline in general. From the post-match side of things, Tullow had a historic day. We'll hear from Sean O'Brien as well as others after they were crowned Division 1B champions and got promoted to Division 1A for next season. On the GEA front, we'll hear from Niall Carew. Camogie front will hear from Brian Dowlin and some of the players after Kilkenny recorded a one-point victory over Tipperary. Kilkenny minor manager Niall Bergen helped his team get off to a flyer and start in the Leinster Championship with a win over Leash. Well, of course, we'll hear from Derek Ling and Pat Ryan after that cracking game in UPMC Nolan Park. Eddie Scally got to talk to Paul Townen after more victories for the champion jockey while David Rice spoke with me ahead of Freebooters encounter with Ferns now of course they did end up defeating Ferns 2-1 in the watershed earlier today today being Sunday so they're into the next round but this is kind of a chat about the season in general Johnny May discussed with us about the streets of Kilkenny 5k that he has coming up while our own Robbie Dowlin got to talk to Cork legend Tomas Mulcahy that's all coming up on Scoreline right about now so we're going to start off where we generally start off with Derek Ling Look it was um, the new Cork obviously have been the form team so far in the league really will arguably be one of them along with Limerick but um, we knew it was going to be a tough test for us and we're really happy with the attitude from right from the very right from the very start I thought we were hunting in packs we were chasing hard Leonard Hurling was really good we played with a lot of confidence and um, look the second half Sending off had a big bearing on it too, but um, in terms of our own attitude and the way we went about it, very happy. Without the goals, we're, it was going to be very tight at the end. Even you know, even though we had the, the extra players, so you know, it was really important, and we took the goals. Took the go- had a couple of half chances as well, but took the goals as well. Um, look, at the same time, we've plenty to improve on as well, plenty to work on. That's okay. We're we're kind of. Whether we won or lost today, it's it's still about getting you know improving the next three to four weeks now and get ready for a championship. But like we're happy with the win and great to get a you know great to be in a final now. Getting Richie home in game time and before mm. he actually came out in the field, you mightn't have seen it. One TJ Reid, Adrian Mullen, and Paddy Mullen were poking around for sport under the sand, mad mad fraction. Yeah, look, they've they've been working really hard um, away from it if you like and. Um, they're they're getting closer to getting closer to being ready for uh, for action now. Um, so we'll see how they are in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, look, we want a competitive squad. I think um, a lot of lads today put their hands up again, um, and that's what we asked them. You know, they said you know grab the jersey when you have it, and you know we're seeing that competition now coming through with the lads coming back, and that's exactly where we want to be. Now Limerick up again the next day. They're a formidable. You heard saw them last mm. night. Probably they're going to offer a different kind of physical test to the team. Exactly what they want this time of the year. Ah, yeah. Look for sure. Look at they were. You know they're a phenomenal team. There's no there's no question about it. And I think it's a great again it's a great opportunity for our squad, our panel. A lot of them are young players, test themselves against the super team like that and. You know, we can only learn from that, and look, it's something to look forward to now. Billy's situation, Derek, now over the next while, he's been excellent for you the last few yeah. weeks. But in terms of availability, how's that going to work out over the next few weeks for you? In what way? In, 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 in Billy's situation, is it Billy with the twenties as well? He is, yeah, he is. I guess look, at he's uh, we'll see how the fixtures go. We'll, we all will discuss that. But um, you know, he's obviously a part of the 
the, the senior the senior setup as uh, Timmy and Garod as well, and you know they'll be playing important roles. Obviously, we'll have to um, you know balance it out and see what way the, the fixtures go in terms of the under twenty championship as well. But um, yeah, we'll have to look at that. He's been flawless over the last one. You must be delighted. Yeah, no, for sure. Look at and and today was another big test for him, and for for a lot of those players, like Garod. Had a you know a really positive impact when he came on, uh, Timmy as well. Look, they're all working hard. Like I said today, like I mean, we've had a they've had a decent few outings, but the the tests are going to get bigger and harder. You know, we know that. Um, so they'll, but all they can do, you know, in terms of their work rate, their attitude, they're doing that, and we'll see how it goes. A few guys there today who are, you know, haven't seen a lot of game time over the last while and performed very impressively. You must be delighted with that, considering they haven't seen them much of the league. Yeah, look, I, I mean, it's, it, to be honest, up till now, it's been week on week in terms of, you know, seeing who you have available, you, you know, we're training hard, matches week on week, you get, you're bound to get a few injuries and that, so um, some of them we haven't had until now, really, um, so hopefully we have more players coming back the next couple of weeks rather than going out the other way, and, you know, it'll make decisions uh, difficult for us in terms of picking a 15 but that's a, a welcome problem Derek, just on Richie I presume he's had to work particularly hard to get back on the pitch just with the problems he's had over last while yeah no, Richie's worked really hard and you know he was close to making a, you know close to being back probably a few weeks ago and a couple of things went against him but you know he was back today sure he's about uh, there's no question but he you know look at super attitude from Richie all year and uh, it's great to see him back out there Just on playing Limerick as well do you relish those type of tests as well like it's you've been thrown straight into the fire should we say Absolutely that's what we want I mean there's no point in being here otherwise we have we're playing against like I said a phenomenal team and we'll have a you know we'll have a crack at them and either way we're getting ready for a championship we're going to learn a huge amount from it lads are going to get exposed to you know what you know teams like Limerick how they play how they set up and um, that can only be good for us in terms of our development as a team so I'm no, I'm looking forward to that Richie Reid's concussion Derek is it serious is it okay no, thankfully look at I mean it was serious enough to, to keep him out until now and um, we thought he was feeling a bit better but again just a few symptoms during the week so we weren't taking any chances with him and we just have to keep an eye on him but look at the minute he's feeling a little bit better than he was during the week so hopefully he'll be back in the record as well yeah Derek what's the situation with them Nothing too serious. Um, whether two weeks' time is might be a little bit tight, I'm not sure yet. We'll have to assess them. But other than that, we're only looking at two to three weeks. Derek, sorry, the fitness levels you spoke about the last few weeks have been excellent. But now that the clocks have changed, the hurling is obviously you can see today the hurling has got. You must be happy with the hurling piece at, at this stage. Yeah, I look at. I mean, like last week, I think it was really hard conditions for any team, and I, you know we made plenty of mistakes. But I, I that's going to happen. Um, we're only back really hurling. We're getting, it's, it, you can see the players are getting a lot sharper and um, we have to have a go. And to have a go, you're going to make mistakes. To, you know, the best teams in the country make mistakes. And these lads are, um, I'm hoping, we can, we can still improve on that. And, um, but that's all I can ask for in terms of their attitude. And their, I don't want them to be afraid of making mistakes, if that makes sense. So we're just going at it. That's. It's noticeable the spine of the team. Big move in Huey Lawler today. He's distribution at centre back. Tommy Welsh at full. Mm. Must be happy with that contribution at the six backs, particularly. I am. Yeah. Look, at, I, I think um, 
like Huey has missed a good bit of hurling, so we just it was an opportunity to look at him centre back as well and Tommy full back because look at the way the game has gone as well. You, you you could find yourself anywhere when you're playing in the backs and I think all six are really comfortable in most positions now. And uh, look, you did well today and we'll see, you know, we'll see where that um, that takes us coming into championship and how the, the team shapes up. Ah, look, she looked disappointed, I suppose, um, probably in the level of her performance, right? Look, but, uh, look, I suppose, look, in fairness, um, we came back, we started very poorly in the first, uh, first 15 minutes and then got back into the game, I suppose, and we were down a goal at halftime. Um, unfortunately, look, it was a sloppy enough penalty and then obviously getting sending off kind of made it, uh, made it difficult as the game went on. But look, very proud of our fellas, the way we fought there in the second half, uh, brought it back to three or four points there and had a couple of opportunities to bring it back even closer. Probably should have used the ball a small bit, but look, look in fairness, Kilkenny used the ball well there with the spare man in the second half and got maybe two or three handy scores that we didn't get, you know. Um, what can you put the slow start down to? I don't know, really. Look, I suppose, look, it's just maybe, maybe fellas not maybe attacking the ball a bit more, uh, enough for it. Uh, obviously, in fairness to Kilkenny, right, look, we were playing with the wind in the first half and got on ball and got a few things. We gave away a couple of sloppy frees earlier, thought, and got them into the game. And look, we had a couple of opportunities where we went through ourselves. Maybe um, Tommy, Tommy probably could have taken a score, tried to give a ball to Conor Callan, and look, 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 small things like that, you know. Um, and I, 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 that one you mentioned, like I suppose he was trying to create a goal opening. Yeah, he was. Yeah. There weren't too many other opportunities like that. Like, in, in no, the we had a couple of opportunities. Look, we had a couple of other opportunities. Look, I, th- I thought, look, Shane had a good opportunity in the second half. I thought he was fouled once or twice when he was half turning the man. So, yeah, look, look, it was uh, can, can he defended well. Look, and look, we defended well, I suppose as well. But uh, look, I, I think a lot of their goal opportunities came when the spare man was there. You know. Is is there some bit of an advantage now that you have the clarity of having? The, the, the time between now and April 30th. Yeah, exactly. Look, 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 I'm not going to hide away from it. We'd like to win today and got to the league final, right? But look, look, obviously, it gives us, um, it gives us, as you said, it gives us clarity. You know, we've been for five weeks. Look, obviously, the league was about uh, trying to find players and fellas getting used to our systems mm-hmm. and the way we like to play and the way we deal with things. And uh, look, that's been, it's been very good to us. It's, it's, it's been fantastic for us, really. But uh, look, we're five weeks now the championship. And then, look, that, as you said, look, it's great clarity yeah, our training and stuff like that, you know? And with Owen, I presume that suspension will probably affect the, the Waterford game. Yeah, I think so. We'll just have to we'll just have to have a look at yeah. it. Look, look. To be honest, with you, I didn't see Owen doing too much. Look, there was there was twenty five fillers involved over the yeah, side. Yeah. I, I think I think a fella getting sent off or something like that, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he's going to miss a championship match in a league game. Look, I don't know even David Fitzgerald last last week for Clare uh, getting sent off against us and missing the championship match. I think it's totally unfair. Um, look, I think I think there are separate competitions, and I think they should be treated that way. You know? Overall, in the league, you must be happy. You've got a lot of three a lot of players, and you're winning at the same time. Yeah, look, 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 look. We're happy enough with it. Yeah, look, look. Obviously, it ends in a small bit of sorrow, not there with Owen and stuff, which is the main, main disappointing thing because he's been going, he'd be going great for us. Um, but look, we'll see. Look, we'll, obviously, we'll be looking at that video and seeking the appeal that you know. So, because look, I don't, I don't think he did too much. You know. Do you look for challenging teams now? Yeah, look, look, we'll see what the story is there. No, look, obviously, there's lots of teams will have stuff organised and stuff like that. Like, but look, um, we've a lot of fellas back there. No, we have majority of our players back there on Tuesday night back training. So, uh, look, the more we do with them, the better. Did you learn more today, Pat, than maybe even throughout the round robin stages? Yeah, look, look, look. I, th- I think the one thing I'd, I'd say is that our fellas were fighting for us, you know, and you can see that even in the second half. Look, obviously, we just need to use the ball a small bit better, and uh, we had a couple of great opportunities there in the second half where we could have carried the ball a bit more and, 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 and given it to the, uh, the overlapping man. We'd have created a few more scores off it. I thought we'd a lot of soft points there, even in the second half, um, that would have brought us back into the game. We got it back to three or four points at one stage, and you know, it was, there was seven minutes left up the clock, we were three or four points down only as well. So if we could tag down one or two, you're, you're um, you're making it um, tough for them in the
Just on John's question there, what way will you go about the next five weeks or so? Yeah, look, look, look. Obviously, Mike give a bit of time off now. Next, maybe two, three or four days, and on getting back in again. And uh, look, obviously, we were we were down to a camp in 15, 16, so we'll go there two weeks before championship, uh, and we'll see where we go with that. You know? Where's the camp? Uh, Enfield, Johnstone. Niall, defeated, but I think you could take a lot of good things out of that game. Yeah, and I suppose that's the story of the, the league this year. Um, we competed very well in all the games and we chances to win every game. Um, we're just not clinical enough at the moment in front of goals. Um, but look, the plus side is we got to try our subkeeper Johnny Fury. I thought he was excellent for his first National League game. We got game time into Mark Fury. Uh, he did quite well for us. Uh, we got Kieran Moran back on the pitch after an injury there for a couple of weeks. Uh, we got Connor Dial back on the pitch. So that was all pluses for us. Uh, the minuses is that I suppose when Dewan got the black card, we, we need to hold on to the ball more and be calm on it uh, and wait for the gaps to appear because they would have, but we forced it. Um, and just before half time, it was a draw match. Um, and, you know, I think Mark had the ball, and instead of holding on to it, there was about two and a half minutes left. We forced the ball down to Jamie Clark when we'd men out wide just to create that overlap and get the score away. And if we get that point, you go a point up. What happens is they go straight down from that turnover, get a score, win the next game, get the other score, and you're two points down. So from just that one play, that we forced things, put us under pressure. And when you go back in the game, the more we forced it, um, we got no joy and we got punished the other end uh, but look um, I'm these boys never stop they never ever stop and, and look you've been at all the games you know the way it works um, and they can only get better because of that um, if they were stopping and giving up well then we're in big trouble but they're not everyone to a man is putting in a massive shift and um, at some stage we're going, them goals are going to win for us um, and I'm hoping it's going to be against Wicklow in two weeks time Yeah you could see that tonight we, we just said that Bernard and Willie were saying that on commentary one thing that the lads were saying in commentary when you do get forward there's never really enough men inside in that full forward line but that's the way Gaelic football has gone Willie reckons if you could get an extra man in there yeah. you could do damage but one man in there you're living on scraps Yeah absolutely no, and, and that's it he's 100% right the more lads you get inside um, number one it, it stops that blanket defence um, because they have to push back in a mark inside but uh, yeah we left Aaron Walsh twice in his own just couldn't get up to him for one reason or another uh, but yeah and we'll definitely work on that the next two weeks of training uh, but look I, I have to say with all the lads you know you set your team up to create opportunities to win a game and I think we created two more opportunities than uh, Wexford believe it or not according to our stats man um, and yeah we go away losing by a goal and three points uh, now you can say the goal at the end we were it down was a bit of a sucker punch because you were in pole position to get a goal Dara yeah. seemed like he fielded a brilliant yeah. ball but the referee spotted a little yeah. uh, the bicep of the commentary Seamus Darby got away with it in 82 yeah. but Dara didn't get away with it in 2023 but you win some you lose some and to be fair the second half there was only a kick of a ball in it the other stat we looked at every time you got a score and you came back level or were a point behind they were able to replay and get a score straight away Niall yeah absolutely and that's down to experience as well even the last play before half time and he, even Colin uh, boogie over at one side he won a, he turned a great ball over uh, and then he just retaliated at the last second and the ball was thrown up and instead of us going to attack to get back to a point they went up and got the next 1-1 one, one, right. and they won the game by 1-3 because of that I uh, mentioned that to you in London and Waterford and I know you've been working on it and you were saying how do you coach that's about to tackle in this but yeah. those indisciplines they have to be eliminated for Wicklow absolutely and, and they're the things and Bucky's a young player and he's playing very well yeah. for us uh, he's think, not the only one like he's, no absolutely no he's a good lad he's playing very well for us and he he's a big player for Carlo for the future but the problem is that 
we only have lads playing in their first or second year uh, National League. Very young team. Yeah, they're very young. And But you know something? They give you absolutely everything. Uh, and we just can't wait for the Wicklow game. And look, you know, Conor Crowley won't be back for that game. Um, it's probably going to come too soon for him. Um, when you're missing your tallies, man, you only end up getting your 13, 14 points. And that's a big problem for us at the moment. So we're hoping somebody else stands up against Wicklow. Uh, but look, we can't wait for it. You'll need more than 14 in Ockram, though, won't you, Niall? Yeah, look, uh, I, I think you'll definitely need a couple, I'd say maybe 213, 214 should yeah. get you over the line. Um, but look, uh, the biggest thing for us is to put in a big performance. Um, but we're really enjoying the year. Uh, we're disappointed we didn't get promoted. Are these boys ready yet? I'd say no, they're a year or two probably down the line to play in Division 3. Uh, but the biggest thing for us is to keep them together, make sure that we can out them silly mistakes because they're unforced errors that's killing us. Uh, but it's fine margins inter-county level and the only way to correct that is to keep playing big games like this and the more times these lads are I suppose open to playing in these big games and exposed to it well then they're going to get better and they won't make the same mistakes we're not going to have a perfect game that doesn't happen and we're very realistic in that but it's to cut down on that cut down on them big mistakes them turnovers and if we do that uh, we won't be far off. Looking at the stats for tomorrow, there's four teams in contention for promotion, so it shows how tight this league is, and it shows how, f- how unforced you did say at the start of the interview, it's very close. I mean, should have beaten Wicklow, could have beaten Leash, didn't, uh, had a good win against Waterford, won in London, didn't finish with a great result last year, but uh, you finished three points, but you've superseded that this year. But if you had a one tonight, which you weren't far off doing, um, all in all, looking back at it, the question I want to ask you is, how do you reflect on the league? Yeah, look, I, I reflect that we, we have made progress, obviously. Um, we brought a couple of new players in again. Um, I think we are getting better. Uh, I'd like to, I, I'd prefer if we got better quicker, uh, but that can't happen. Um, but I just think this league will bring us on. And looking forward to the Leinster Championship, um, and I think we've learned a hell of a lot in this National League. A hell of a lot. I've learned a hell of a lot about the players. We try Jordan midfield, yeah. um, you know, but we do know that like, he's probably better at hand the half back line. He's been tagged, he's been dragged, he's been pulled around. Um, so we're going to have his Jordy's going to have to find a way because he's such a big player for us. Um, but look. Um, my reflection is that it was an, an OK league for us um, and we blooded a few players on it and I think it should set us up nicely for the championship. Yeah. One other thing the lads were saying in analysis and, and you're always complimentary to them and said they're very fair. The Bernard just sent to nice says, if I were the lads, Niles would tell them to go for it and you know, yeah. you got a free year later in the game and yeah. Dara sent it back. I know you have to keep yeah. possession, you can't yeah. kick it away yeah. but you know, go for it because if you believe you could go for it, there yeah. can be results in this team. Yeah, no, absolutely and you were right and that last ball that we played into the fold, yeah, we did go for it and he was 100% right you have to go for it so we, we abandoned and we were down to 14 at yeah. that stage and then got down to 13 of course all bets are off yeah. then um, but yeah look I, I do think there's a time to go for it and time not and yeah. that time was the right time to go for it okay. um, but anyway that's where we're at well, listen, thanks for everything during the league we look forward to Ockram it's yeah. always a, a fair old battle with yeah. Carlo Wickle as we had in the first round of the yeah. league earlier in the year and uh, it's going to be tough but the best of luck in the preparations Neil, and thanks for everything in the Allianz League it's a pleasure to work along with you commiserations on tonight but I think you'll take a hell of a lot out of that defeat tonight because Carlo gave it one hell of a go tonight and full credit to the lads yeah and, absolutely, and just to you three boys in particular you've been immaculate in terms of being very fair uh, with your analysis and just really promoting Carlo uh, football and that's what we need we just need positivity to drive this whole thing on because they're a very young team and I'd just like to thank yourselves for 
KCLR for being very supportive of, of Cardiff footballers and it doesn't go on now. Anything we can do for you going forward, we're certainly available. Well, we look forward to seeing you in Ockram and uh, very best wishes to you and the lads in preparation for that match. I have a good few friends in Wicklow, so we'll wait till the day because it's all on the day in Ireland. Thanks very much. No bother, thanks a million. Come on, thank you. Brian Dowling, congratulations. I saw you after shaking hands with the referee. You had a clenched fist coming forward. Great performance by Kilkenny and nice to get the win over Tipperary. Yeah, look, I suppose I wouldn't say a great performance, but it was heart and determination, you know, and that's what we wanted today, just to fight and fight and fight. You know, we probably hadn't done that the last couple of matches. And look, I'm sure people writing us off as usual in the past, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks. But, you know, I knew these girls had fight and just, you know, training went really well before the car came for two weeks. And I just couldn't understand that performance last week. But some of the simple things were going wrong. But today was just about, you know, going back to basics, getting the simple things right. And I thought we did that. You know, look, the game has gone away from us there in the, in the second half. But in fairness, the girls, they plugged away and got, got, got the win in the end, which is brilliant. I spoke with you last week you were totally dejected about the performance even and you were dead right you couldn't put your finger on it but how did you manage to pick the girls up during the week for a game and go out and beat Tipperary then like you have today? Look I don't ever doubt these girls you know I know last week didn't go well but you know look back the first game against Clare you know was our first game back from the much training on I thought we still could have, should have won that game the Galway game I know we lost but I thought we really put it up to Galway the only one the real disappointing me was the Cork game last week you know and I thought we started very well the first 10 or 15 minutes but we just let Cork run away from us then and it was very disappointing but look we just said on Wednesday night we went back to basics and just try to get the simple things right and it has to go back to work rate you know anything we've ever won in the past it's all work rate and attitude and you know it's a light of there that our subs come in made a big difference you know Kira Feeling Aoife Pendergast Kira O'Keefe hadn't seen any minutes all year and she came in and she won two frees there and so look it's it's, it's great and look it doesn't mean much uh, we're going to get a, you know we're still where we are on the table but it's just for the group to get a victory now and we have a break and we're going to go in and train like flat out and be ready for the championship Well that was my next question because having a win going into the Leinster Championship will boost the confidence of these girls not that they need it but when you're down so much and you know from having a pretty poor league by their standards um, to have a victory going into the Leinster Championship will do them no harm no, look, I suppose no matter what team you are, what you've won, if you keep losing games, you're going to lose confidence. And, you know, the confidence was kind of gone, I suppose, the last couple of games after you lose a couple. But, look, I said to them how good they are before the game. We're telling them all week how good they are. Just have to start believing in it again. And uh, But you don't get good unless you work hard. And we worked hard today. And, look, it wasn't a fancy game. It was, you know, a lot of stops starting it there, a lot of freeze. But, look, you have to win them games as well. And, you know, you have to show you're up for the fight. If you're not up for the fight, you're not going to win anything. And I'm just delighted that we, we battled harder today and we got the victory. Well, congratulations on a fantastic victory before you go little birdie tells us it's your birthday today someone tells me that you're having a party later oh, I don't know <laughs> I look we'll have one or two maybe and at least I can, I can celebrate tonight anyway and have a few drinks as well. thank god it wasn't last Sunday night it would have been a fairly dour affair but uh, look we'll, we'll enjoy it anyway because there's a break now coming up so look we'll, we'll give the girls a little bit of a break go back to their clubs for, for a weekend play a few club matches and we'll go back in and we'll train flat out for Leinster Championship we won't tell the view, uh, listeners what age it is but it has an ought on the end of it yeah put the tree before it is it <laughs> Thanks, Brian. All right, thanks. Clear feeling. Congratulations. We won't be too worried whether the voice is good, bad, or indifferent. You'll just have to beat in Tipperary in the National League. Good day overall. A good day. Yeah, very tough battle there. We knew it was going to be, and the pitch was kind of heavy as well. But look, a great game for us. Great test and for Tip as well. I think. Um, obviously we're meeting them again later on in the year so this will be completely forgotten about then but look we're happy with today and it was a good win for us Conditions were very tough out there especially when that shower came there in the first mm. half as well but she battled through it 
it was nice though to get the game played it would have been terrible to have to call the game off you know and now you have momentum going into the Leinster Championship albeit you have a couple of weeks to prepare for it but it's nice to have a win going forward into it uh, definitely look you always want to win whatever whatever the weather and in fairness Pintown let us play here yeah it was tough conditions there in the first half when it starts to rain but um, no a great look for us it was a great run out loads of girls got game you could see again people who came on made the difference I think in the end um, they dragged us through it but it was a tough battle and we're just delighted to come out with a win How hard was it to pick yourselves and the team up after the defeat to Cork last weekend and to put in a performance like that today you know it was a huge improvement to last week not saying that you played bad but just Cork were better but you really tore into Tipperary today Yeah look without a doubt Cork were a far better team um, last weekend and it was look the day after or whatever we were down a bit I suppose but look it's early in the year yet like the lads have said us, and we know it's in us we showed it there today we just have to dig deep we've plenty of time to get get ready for championship now and that's always the main thing I suppose at the end of the day but um, it was it was great great performance for us to come out and get a win today after last weekend and the fact was Tipperary we know the rivalry that's there with the hurlers as well it's always nice to get a, a victory over the neighbours across the way yeah sure look um, there is a great rivalry there Camogie or Hurland whatever it is um, there's always going to be but they're a fantastic team unbelievable hurlers always are um, and they'll be disappointed I know but look like I said we're meeting him again later in the year so it'll be a clean slate for that um, yes yeah, so we'll just look forward to that again I'll leave you get in now the cold congratulations Perfect. thanks a million Martin Jenny Clifford for one that doesn't like interviews of course I was the first one you were going to grab you've just beaten Tipperary here in Pilltown today give us your overall uh, emotions of how the game went tough conditions tough conditions yeah and sure look we were just delighted to come out here and get the win today it hasn't been a great league campaign for us and we just said that we'll go back to basics this today and and just enjoy it and that's all we came out and did was enjoy it and went back to basics and thank god we came out with a, with a result it's nice to finish the league with a, with a win huge improvement from the last day against Cork it's terrible to say I mean you didn't really play bad Cork were just a better team on the day but you really put it up to Tipperary here and even when they went a couple of points ahead you didn't panic you came back at them and got those last couple of scores to take the win Asher, yeah look just before the game we just said we were going to work hard today and and not give up whether what the result was so in fairness the girls who came on were brilliant and they changed the game for us and look it was nice to get the result here today well congratulations on the win and see you're a natural speaker <laughs> thanks very much Martin Niall well done uh, good to get two points and start of the year and to be fair your lads played very well I did it. Look, it took a while to get going, but in fairness, uh, Brendan, look, we're just delighted to get up and running. Um, we've been waiting for this game for a long time, and uh, look, it's just it's nice to be leaving Omoa Park with two points on the board, you know? Yeah, it's first game, important to bring out the two points because it's going to be busy. You have uh, next week it's Antrim, and the following week, Good Friday, it's Galway, I believe. That's right, it's all go, three weekends in a row, so we look forward to it, and it's important to get a positive start, and, and we did, and uh, we build on that now, and we look forward to the weeks ahead goals came at the right time? They did, they did, they did in fairness, uh, we needed them, we've been, it's something that we haven't been really getting in the challenge matches of his goals and it was great to get three of them today and, and uh, they made a huge difference obviously, they made a huge difference so um, that was great and it was great to run up a bit of a score as well, 317 so very different feeling leaving Port Leash this, this year in comparison to last year I have to say Brendan. Yeah, because yeah, in fairness to Leash they have been competitive the last few years and Michael was just saying in commentary, it's very hard for teams to produce a good minor team one year after the other, okay Kilkenny sometimes can do it because you have to strengthen depth but in counties like the Leash 
Leashes and the Carlos and the Westmeads, to be to their credit, they were excellent and had a few lovely hurlers today, but they did make a few mistakes, you capitalised on that, you punished them when you had to, but overall you were by far the better team. Um yeah, I'd like to think so anyway. I think the work rate was top class from our lads, uh, particularly when it came to 14 men. They had to work and work and work, and, uh, and they turned over a lot of ball, which is great. It wasn't just, you know, uh, some were maybe from niche mistakes, but we'd like to consider that we were forcing the mistakes as well, uh, which is great to see. And um, the lads capitalised, you know. So, yeah, look, it's very positive, and uh, we look forward to the next few weeks. No manager likes talking about cards or sendings off, but a lot of people in Port Leach are very frustrated at the Kilkenny sending off on young Sean Berg, and it was, it, for, for, to say the least, it looked very harsh. Uh, yeah, and I'm not copping out of this now, but I didn't see it. I was watching the ball. Neither, neither did I. I, to be watch, I was watching the ball going over the bar, um, and the, and the umpire, the umpire waving the white flag, and then all of a sudden I saw the referee talking to Sean, and then I knew by Sean's reaction this wasn't good. Um, but I didn't see, you know, I didn't see a leash player going down injured or anything either. So uh, look, it'll be interesting to see to watch it back and to see what the story is. Feel very sorry for Sean. Fantastic chap, um, and uh, has been outstanding for us really since the start of the year. So look, we'll have a look and uh, we'll take it from there. Yeah, the only point I didn't see it, but the general consensus of leash people like Kenny people was that nobody seemed to have seen what happened but it was, that makes it a harsh anyway moving on and, and looking forward to the next I don't think you picked up any serious knocks out there today your forwards finished well Mikey Steins great goal Brian Moore lovely bit of initiative from him Greg Kelly picked off a few nice points Edlehoff you moved him back to the middle of the park and really had a captivating yeah, performance yeah we, we had to do it really you know because and, and leave two inside and um, Brendan McConnor Dyle and Brian Moore were, were excellent inside and, and Ed then uh, came into his own out in the middle of the field as well and uh, as I said to you we upped the work rate as well and Look, yeah, you mentioned about about no injuries, which is great, but we um we, we were down two players today, Ed McDermott, unfortunately, and Keelan Brennan, so we're hoping that they'll come back into the fold over the coming weeks as well. You're a happy man. Absolutely. Look, any, any day you win with Kilkenny, you're happy, and uh, that, that certainly is the case today as well. Okay, we look forward to next Saturday night. It's in Abbottstown, I believe it's another early throw-in next uh, Saturday, and the Galway match will be on Good Friday. Yes, that's it. Next Saturday in Abbottstown, and then Friday week, Good Friday. Now I'm joined by three-time All-Ireland winner and Cork legend Tomás Mulcahy to look ahead to Sunday's Allianz National Hurling League semi-final clash between Kilkenny and Cork. Our build-up to that game begins at half-past three with eight-time All-Ireland winner Aidan Taggy Fogarty before we bring you full live commentary of the highly anticipated encounter from four o'clock. Tomás, uh, thanks for coming on. How are you today? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm just a couple of minutes short of Taggy there. No, 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 we won't at all. Very <laughs> successful playing career. That, that's why I'm chatting to you today, Tomas. Um, <laughs> we'll obviously look at both teams maybe a little bit later on, but just generally as a hurling fan, first of all, are you looking forward to Sunday's game? I am indeed. Yeah, look. Um, we always say at the turn of when when Paddy's day is gone, um, we start taking our hurling very serious at that stage. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to going to Northern Park on Sunday. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where Cork are at um, in terms of can we go up another notch? Um, it's an important game for us in terms of maybe getting to a league final and uh, continuing on what they've achieved maybe over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll start with Cork then, Tomas. Um, Pat Ryan in charge, a really strong start to the league campaign. They've won all their games heading into this one. You, you mentioned there, would it be important for Cork to try and get to a league final, do you think? Yeah, I think I think it is because, look, momentum is everything. Um, um, they, they won the Munster Senior League down here uh, over a kind of difficult period, maybe uh, over Christmas into, into the new year. And... Um, you then got into a league campaign and I know people would say, look, it's very close to championship and maybe you should be holding back. But 
when you haven't had a lot of success over the years, um, I think it's important for Cork to, to set a marker and go on and win something for themselves as a team, as a, as as uh, for as individuals, as a team, um, for the whole Cork setup and what they're putting into the game themselves and the time and commitment. You need a bit of success, and now National League medal is, is, isn't isn't one to be laughed at, and I think that would give them great momentum going into a championship campaign. That's only around the corner then at that stage. There'll be a lot of confidence got, right? And I think there would be even more confidence going to Northern Park and beating Kilkenny because you have been the benchmark for so many years in the terms of winning National Leagues, winning all Ireland's, and he never feared about winning National Leagues and going back out then and playing in in, in a championship campaign and winning back-to-back. And people say, even from the football side of it, Jack O'Connor last year with with Kerry went out and uh, cleaned up all around in terms of National League. And then they go on and win in Ireland, right? So if you have a big squad of players and you can give guys games and you can give guys a bit of a breather, I think, yeah, there's no reason why you shouldn't go on and contest the league final. I think it's so important for Cork. And what have you made of Cork so far, Tomás? Obviously, as I said, a very strong start, but just generally their performances and results. Pat Ryan is, is, is coming in on the back of being a manager that has won 20 and 21 All-Ireland's very successful campaign with his club, uh, Sarsfields, here in Cork. Um, and I think what I liked is he's given youth their chance. He's given a lot of youngsters that he's actually seen playing at 20 and 21 level to get our Ireland's for, for, for the county at that grade. And he's given a good few of those their opportunity to say, yeah, put your hand up and I'll give you an opportunity to actually play Cork Cena Hurling when it comes to championship time. And I think there's there's a few lads have really, really impressed. Um, I think from a Cork perspective over the last number of years, and this is nothing against Mark Coleman, who's a fantastic Hurling over interest out in, injured, we needed a number six. We needed a guy to say, I'm going to be the number six for the next number of years. And I think the man that we've in there, I think is doing a fantastic job, to be honest with you, right? So um, that's a plus. And then he's given a couple of youngsters up front. You had Dalton, you have Shane Barris, you have Patrick Power. Um, they've been given their opportunity because he's seen what these guys have done. Um, as I say, when he does on Ireland's, you look at Owen Downey being given an opportunity at full back. He was cornered back into the into into those campaigns, and um, some of those have stepped up to the place. And you know, people are kind of enthusiastic about it that some of the younger chance young guys have really put up the senior guys. If you want your place back, you got to earn it. And I think within a team ethos, that is that is a fantastic way to be. And what's the sentiment in Cork at the moment? Uh, just looking towards the year ahead, I, I suppose, is it kind of you know to reset and maybe go again uh, in the post Kieran Kingston era? H- how are you looking at it in terms of Pat Ryan's first year in charge? What would be success for Cork? Do you think um, success for Cork will be winning the All Ireland yes. um, at the end of July? And I think Pat is fully aware of that. I know people say you come in, you're a new manager, and you, you're probably going to go down the road of a two-year or three-year phase. We can't afford that. We need success. We haven't had success since 2005. And for a county like Cork and tradition and the history that's there, that certainly isn't good enough. And um, we, we're we starved of success. Um, I think there's a very, very good team there. Um, I think there is. he's playing a different brand. He's playing a bit more direct. He's playing um, guys in, in positions that they're accustomed to. And um, I think, yeah, I think... And you're looking at this and you're saying about the youngsters getting their chance. And there's a lot of guys that maybe have been there for a four or five-year period, have played no league matches yet, are coming back from injury. And I go back and I say the likes of maybe 
Sean O'Donoghue, the captain, has been out for a bit there. Um, you've had the likes of Conor Lehan um, playing one or two matches, then out injured. You've no sign of Tim O'Malley, no sign of Dara Fitzgibbon, no sign of Patrick Horgan in the last couple of weeks. And these are all coming back to fitness. The big question you have for Pat, uh, Pat Ryan is, does he play them now? Or does he stick with the guys that have got him this far over the last couple of weeks? And you mentioned, obviously, success for Cork. I think like Kilkenny, maybe, you know, and Tipperary, probably the, the big three counties traditionally, it is just about winning an All-Ireland. How far off do you think they are? Last couple of years maybe didn't go exactly according to plan. Made the All-Ireland final in 2021. As I said last year, quarter-final defeat to Galway. Do you think it's just one or two things that need to be tweaked that Pat Ryan probably is in the process of doing already to get closer and closer to that first All-Ireland yeah, in 18 look, years? Yeah, and people, people, people will point, point to the league last year losing the league final to Waterford above a Thurless. And look, they were very much in that game, conceded two very bad goals before half-time from mistakes from Cork, right? And and then that's not taken from Waterford. There were Cork mistakes that led to the two goals. And we gotta we, we we've gotta get out of and eradicate a couple of little errors, maybe sharp puck outs that are going astray, giving away up uh, a ball to the opposition when we're in possession, particularly back in defence, and get the forward much quicker and I mean, I played it as a forward and I would hate to see guys around the back being passing the ball back and forth and you're trying to make moves and runs and kill yourself up in the forward line there's no ball coming down there. And if you have talent, you need to get the ball there as quickly as possible. And people say last year, oh, we're losing to the league, league Waterford, getting to a league final. Oh, that was a bit of a disaster. We should have we should have held back. It affected us in the championship. It didn't. Because I think we, we went to Waterford and we beat Waterford and Walsh Park in the championship, which was a great result. And the big, the big, the big disappointment for Cork last year was against Galway. We should have beaten Galway. Yeah. We should have actually taken. We, we, we had so many chances to beat Galway last year, and that's not taken from Galway either. And Galway turned out to be great opposition afterwards, right? But Cork should have beaten them. So, and if you go back over last year's 2021 Ireland, yeah, Limerick gives a right hiding, but Limerick have done that to a lot of teams in the last yeah. four or five years, right? Um, we still go back to 2018. We, we were six points up with a couple of minutes to go and we lost the game. Um, but I think Pat knows saying that's water on the bridge. Let's move forward. Let's go. Let's move now and be positive to say there is a team good enough. There's a panel good enough. But he has massive, massive strength and depth. And I think, yeah, we, 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 we might surprise a few people this year. Hopefully not from a Kilkenny perspective, but I'm sure I'm sure you will do. Uh, just I know you, you mentioned there you're going to move forward, and of course we'll move forward as well at this conversation. But just for me, the great question in GA over the last two decades or so is how Cork have actually gone 18 years without winning an All Ireland. It's phenomenal, really, when you think about it. You have a better insight than anybody. Why has it gone on so long? Do you feel the drought for the Lee McCarthy Cup? Look, um, people will say I'm old school and the, the old style and stuff like that as well. And look, yeah, the game has changed. And I'm sure if you ask Brian Cody as well, he was he was kind of he was slow to change in terms of how the game plan should go and the short ball and moving the ball through the lines and stuff like that as well. And look, I I, I think for a while in Cork we complicated the game too much ourselves. We didn't play enough to our strengths. Um, and. Look, we, we were unlucky at times as well. And look, there's no guarantees and people around the country kind of feeling sympathy for Cork. There's only one person that should, or only one country that should be feeling sorry for us and that's us, Cork. We have the ammunition and we have the tradition to change this, to go back and winning. And hopefully Sunday is, 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 is a bigger test for a lot of these guys. 
Going to Northern Park has never been easy. And to get over that hurdle and get to a league final, and maybe get, if you could, even if you were to get success then, build on that, right? Because a lot of this team and the guys that have been there for the last five, six years have lost very tight matches by a pint or two pints. We no need to go and turn those one-pint defeats into a one-pint victory, into a, a two-pint victory. And I think we've seen some of those matches in the league turning out that way. I was in um, in Salt Hill against Galway, you know, the Limerick match in Parky Cueve. Yeah, we could have been beaten, could be beaten out of sight at one stage, eight pints, ten pints down, but they never gave up and they kept going to the final whistle. And we won that match, you know. So I think that's that's what Paz will bring to the team. He is a fierce confidence in the players that their ability is good enough and hopefully we're going to see that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's not, it's, if we lose Sunday, it's not the being and all. We always pride ourselves down here. We didn't. We didn't ever boast about winning national leagues, um, but we could do what now. We always felt the championship was the most important thing. When the ground gets hard, when the grass is nicely cut, and the ball is moving quickly, it's about championship. And like there is a serious appetite. There is a serious appetite. I expect. I expect a big cockroach going to Northern Park on Sunday. We can't wait for the rolling of the ball in the championship. We have Waterford and Parky Queens at the end of April and then early May with Tipperary coming to Parky Creeve as well. There's going to be fantastic support behind the team for those. And that's Cork. I'd also be interested to get your opinion on Kilkenny. What have you made of Derek Ling's team so far? Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's been impressive. Um, I watched it last uh, Sunday against Waterford and look, I was kind of a bit lost as it <laughs> once did, you know, what Waterford were up to in terms of tactics. And all the Kilkenny boys going back behind the midfield, going back after a man back into the fence and just letting the two guys up front and they're popping the ball between each other, right? I, I just then, oh my God, I hope, I just hope and pray we're not going down that road in terms of hurling, right? That we're not turning the game into a game of football. This is one of the best sports in the world and we can't do that, right? So um, it did open up a bit more in the second half. And yeah, you have to be impressive with Kilkenny. Um, they're still missing a lot on other players as well, right? You know, so I'm sure guys have got a breather from Valley Hill, and they'll be looking to come back into the action again. And as we speak now, no team has been announced. So I think that is the big thing for Kilkenny and Cork, are the are the guys, the, the, the we suppose the, the leaders and the, the performers for the last two or three years in terms of a league and championship. Are they going to get their places on Sunday? And if they do, yeah, it, will, it, it should be an awesome game. And for Kilkenny, like Cork, I mean, success is winning the All-Ireland. But also like Cork, we have a new management team and a new manager in place led by Derek Ling. Do you think, like, how tough is it to come into a job like that for Pat Ryan and Derek Ling, but maybe just to focus on on Ling for the moment, and know that you have to win an All-Ireland? Because he has openly admitted to it himself, if we don't win the All-Ireland, it's not a successful year. You alluded to it with Cork. Do you know... Is there huge pressure attached to these counties more so than others with the greatest respect to them? There is. I, 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 there is. The expectation is every time you put on a Kilkenny jersey and every time you put on a Cork jersey or Tipperary, it's about winning on Ireland. And if you're like your Derek Ling or Pat Ryan, they had that honour themselves as players. So they went through that themselves as players. They've had that success. Now they're given the opportunity to manage. And there's nothing better than being a player winning in Ireland. But the next best thing is managing a team. So for Derek Ling and his Conference, his own personal profile, his own personal um, ambition, he wants to, he wants to get Kilkenny over the line to be in Crow Park when it comes to the end of July. Same with Pat Ryan. And like Pat has been very, very clear. I'm not interested in any two or three year plans. I want to win the other this year, which is a great attitude to have. 
some guys get, oh, we're team building, we're team building. It's going to take us a bit of a while. We're building in young guys and we're doing this. Oh, these guys seem to have a different focus. It's about success now. It's not about next year. It's not about the year after. It's about now. And if you don't, they know themselves and they've come out clearly and said, like, they, they will be deemed as a failure because that's the tradition that's there. That's the standards that were set. And if you look at terms of Ireland, where they're at in terms of the rugby, look what they've set. You look at kind of Munster and Leinster in the past, what they've done. You look at Manchester United and Liverpool. It's a bad season if you don't win the Premier League. It's a bad season. And that's the case with these, these, these counties as well, you know. And Tipperary in transition as well. New manager going in there. I know he's with Waterford and stuff like that as well. A lot of the old guard gone. So he's got to find new players. And the same with Pat, he's got to find four or five new players and give those guys a chance. And I'm sure Derek King is the same. He's got to find new talent in Kilkenny and balance it with the experienced guys that he can trust and they're still able to perform because you get no, you don't get much sympathy anymore in this game, you know. It's all about championship performance, the, 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 the profile that the games are getting, the TV, the social media, the press, everything. It's gone bananas. It's huge. It's huge. Lots of pressure on players to perform. And just before I get your opinion on a couple of other things as well, if you don't mind, Tomas, just to wrap up this weekend's game, how do you see it going between Kilkenny and Cork on Sunday? Ah, that's an awful stupid question, Robbie. Of course we're going to beat you in Northern Park. <laughs> I, I don't agree, you know, Tomas. <laughs> <laughs> well, look... I don't. I, I didn't think you were going to say, yeah, you're, you're going to congratulate us already that we're going to beat you in Northern Park. It never happened that way. I've had a couple of bad experiences up there as well, playing the likes of Dick O'Hara and a couple of things <laughs> like that as well. They don't come easy. No. Uh, but that's what I'm looking forward to because we know, and even from a club perspective, anytime you're looking for challenge matches and um, when you're a the club, there's only one direction you want to go and you want to go up, up the road to Kilkenny and you want to test yourself against the best up there in terms of club and in the county and next Sunday I think it's it's another learning process in one sense but it's another huge game for both counties and uh, a bit of bragging rights as well I think as well but I think it will be Cork sorry no Robbie No you're grand no, you're, you're, you're here to give your honest opinion on it um, also I'd like to get your honest opinion and you've alluded to it and touched on it there quite a bit and it it's probably the elephant in the room with a lot of people when they talk about hurling these days. The style of play, I mean, the Kilkenny and Waterford game last week was, there's no point in describing it as anything other than a tough watch. What do you make of hurling at the moment? Are you worried, uh, Pat, that it's going down? I'm worried in a sense, right, where the whole kind of GA programme is going, being honest with you, right? Because um, I, w- what has happened since the turn of the year, the amount of games or something as have got between January and now, they mightn't get those many games for the next couple of months. And I think the championship mm. is finishing too early. I know it's been taught, I know it's been muted this week. They need to relook and um, maybe revamp the league and stuff like that as well. But like, we're, we're, there, there is the kind of the criteria. You can't go back into inter-county training until a certain period of time. You now have a situation where guys are very much steeped in Strength and conditioning, they're the two big words. You have a team behind every county team putting putting them through the paces in terms of strength and conditioning individually, but collectively then as a group. And those, that happens maybe from the Christmas period on or November, December on and into January and February. But then you have guys going out playing matches at the weekend. And look at the amount of injuries. If you went across every inter-county team over the last couple of weeks, how many injuries they've picked up because of 
in, in strength and conditioning programs, very little hurling done, and then going out to a match situation and pulling hamstrings and pulling calf muscles, some guys doing cruciates and ruling them out for the rest of the season. And then you have an awful lot of guys involved in your Fitzgibbon Cup, in your colleges hurling, you have guys um, training non-stop with inter-county teams. And it seems all to be condensed into January, February, March, April, and we're into championship the 21st of April, which is incredible. I mean, at times in the past, 21st of April, you might have once still only be playing National League. There was no talk of championship because championship was in June and played at the best time of the year, June, July and August. And I think that seriously has to have, we need seriously to have a look at that, that the inter-county scene between the league, that there's a bigger divide and it's just pushed back. Just for player welfare. Everybody's talking about player welfare. But they're not robots. They're not robots. They cannot continue to go out and doing what they were. And I know fellas will say, but isn't it, better, isn't it better for the club that they can go back to the club? But they've gone back to the club and they could be flogged by the time they come back to the club. Yeah, it's a really interesting point, and it's actually something that Michael Dignan, and the Offaly GA chairman, brought up around cruciate ligament injuries and that, like, how do we approach this? Because it, it is bad to but, see. But, 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 like, you're going out playing hurling in January and February. You can guarantee no matter what pitch you're in. It's soft, underground. Fellas twisting yeah. your and getting stuck in the mud and stuff like that, right? And it's, yeah, fellas will say, oh, you're, you're, you're talking nonsense. I'm not, because I, I, I've seen Cork, right? But most of the fellas that are injured with Cork have still have to come back and play any National League matches. And I'm sure it's the same across Galway, it's the same across Tipperary, it's the same across Kilkenny. And hurling is the most beautiful game out there. But it's, the, it's only the most beautiful game when it's played at the best time of the year, when the fans can put on the shorts, leave shorts on the shorts, and they can go down on a given Saturday night on a Sunday and say, oh, I'm going to really enjoy this. Yeah, and the National League is a build-up to that. But like we're going to be playing in April. We played matches there, I think. It was a temporary limit. It was a match in Parky Creek two years ago. And it was the yeah. worst conditions i ever seen for a game of hurling. A championship hurling. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it is strange. Um, it so, is strange. It's I strange, I'm just yeah. kind of asking why is it all put in condensed into this, right? And then it's over when we should only be doing it at the beginning. It's over when we should only beginning. And yeah, I know people would say with the club structure and they want to finish it in the calendar year and stuff like that as well. And look, it's no different. I'm going. I'm a Valden club down here, and we're playing. We're playing. We're playing national. We're playing club league matches at the moment. We've been playing for the last two weeks, three weeks, and we're not going to be playing championship until the middle of August. What's wrong with playing with those some of those league matches in June and July? They'll be finished by then. Yeah, that that seems to be a big question. I think uh, hanging over the GA and they haven't probably attacked that situation enough no, at all. I, in reality, it, it, it's a huge issue, right? And it's in terms of burnout for player and player welfare and oh, the demands that are in the county guy are just look. I just, I just, I'm baffled by them. Being honest, which in terms of the commitment that is needed for guys. So, can you do that for a ten-year career? At this stage, as an intercounty player, you probably can't. Whereas fellas in the past have done that and enjoyed it and, and played maybe one or two exceptional guys like TJ and Patrick Horgan, these guys can, can do that, right? But any newer generation, are they, going, are they going to be around that long? Yeah, it doesn't still, seem like it's still, it. It's still only an amateur game. It's still only like they still got to go to work on Monday morning and go to college. Still got to pay the bills. 
but yeah. trying to keep everybody happy. And look, I'm, I'm not being negative on it. I'm, I'm, I'm being kind of more determined to say somebody seriously needs to take a look at this in authorities in Dublin. Yeah, it seems to be something that does need to be looked at. And it actually brings me, just as you were speaking about that, it kind of reminded me, I, I grew up in an era when um, on RTE yourself and Gerlach Nan and Cyril Farrell and Michael Lester were the, the hurling panel. And I always remember just uh, kind of speaking freely here, kind of, you know, the pre-match and the post-match, it was almost as big as the game itself sometimes. And the whole thing felt like an event. Do you feel as though now maybe that you're no longer on it? Do you look at RTE or not just RTE, but just just analysis generally and think, God, this is terrible water down? Well, you see, I suppose the advent of laptops and social media and the apps and the stats and stuff like that as well, right? You know, and look, I'm sure. Um, do I agree with all that? Uh, yeah, if, if 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 it's for betterment of a team and you can outline to a guy, look, yeah, um, your man got, I mean, your man, you hooked on the black text amount of time was very, very good. But I think there's, it, there's too much of it. It's it's saturated with it and it's it's taken from the analysis of the game. And I'm not talking this now because I'm gone from RT at 25 good years there. Wasn't happy the way it finished, but that's, that's for another day. But... Um, that's the pressure that's on the guys because it's the same across in rugby, it's the same across in soccer. You have the diagrams, you have this, and um, you lose a bit of passion and you lose a bit of the excitement from the analysis in terms yeah. of yeah. the passion that should be there in terms of the game that you're seeing, right? You know, and look, that's the way modern society is gone. It's no different across the spectrum in more sports, right? But it's the older generation probably would say. Yeah, we'd like to see less of that and more, more bit of a punch and more bit of maybe a bit of nothing at the base or more be a bit of aggro back and forth between between guys. But look, um, we're never going to see that. That's the way life has moved on. That's the way TV has moved on. That's the way it's gone, and it's no different to what Sky are doing or to what RT are doing or what anybody is doing in terms of analysis of games. But look, it's it's just the way it is. We got to live with it. Well, I'd, I'd personally like to see you come back as, as a member of the younger generation. I thought it was just um, a golden era, not just for hurling analysis, but as you said, there for sport and analysis generally. Um, and just, just finally, Tomas. I, I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, another point in that as well, and, and, and it's sometimes where where I think it's 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 kind of maybe upsets me a little bit in terms of the defensive unit, right? In terms of guys going to the sideline for the sharp puck out and stuff like that, right? And that's probably more in the in their minds when they're playing than actually what they should be doing as a defender. And guys now the younger generation might say, but that's not wrong. But I just see um oh you you got twenty possessions or you delivered X amount of ball forward. But his man might have got five points. Now, in my time, any guy that was marking me and he came off the field or he was marking DJ Carey or guys were marking Liam Fennelly or they were marking Jimmy Barry Murphy. If they came off the field the place and my man got no score. Job well done. Whereas that doesn't seem to be the case anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. I had X amount of possessions and the stats are thrown that off. And I did X amount of hooks and I did X offloads and off the shoulder. But your man has got six points. Yeah. Like that, that, I, I cringe at that, to be honest with you. A defender's job is to stop his man from scoring. <laughs> 
at all counts. You do that and you're, you're, you're halfway there to winning the game. And the forward's job at the other side is to score. Beat that opposition. And sometimes I think we've lost that a little bit in the hurling scene as well. Has the whole thing just become completely overcomplicated? Yeah, hurling is a simple game. I mean, I'd say whatever, in 120 years of dissociation, I've never seen the goalposts move. I think they're in the same position as they were back in <laughs> yeah. a long time ago. You know, <laughs> would, he, would, would he ever stop that in that rubbish, right? But I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. The sooner and the quicker you get the ball into the inside line, the guys that you can trust to do the damage, to get more goals, I think they're better for everything. Now we look, I mean, Limerick have taken this to another level and people might look at it and they might say, oh, they're physical, they're not. They're big, size, stature, man, have put in serious, serious work off pre-season, but their hurling has been brilliant for us. It's just not a team that is physically strong. They've matched it with hurling, which I love to see brilliantly because look at the goals they've got. Look at the goals they've got in championship. When they get inside that line and there's a man on, they give the ball to the guy to get the, the better position to get the goal. And they've been brilliant at that. And you have to take your hat off to them. Other counties, to me, are in totally different transition altogether and maybe have lost the way they should be playing the game. Everybody needs... Kilkenny with a benchmark for years. All the success that you had, everybody looked at us. And yeah, we believe at times or you were... You were you were doing a bit of the, the, the dirty stuff or the, the, the hard stuff, but you've got to accept that. You've got to accept that's what hurling's about. It's, 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 it's a tough game. But some of it at the moment is just very, very open. Um, but Limerick have brought it to another level, and they're now the benchmark. And yeah, and if you want to get a thump off of somebody for Limerick, you will get a thump. Their work rate will be savage, but they have matched it with the quality of their hurling. And I think the best that you, example you can see is their half-back line. And you see Declan Hannan, he's been there 10 years as a number six. And it doesn't matter who he's, who's on him or where he goes, what part of the field. And if he wants to go down corner forward, he lets him off. But he will stay at that number six position. And he will also turn, tell Kyle Hayes and Damer Burns, if they go 10 yards further up the field, come back in. I want that line protected. And what is that line doing? It's protecting the three boys behind them. So there, as a unit, that six is as solid as you can get. That's the building blocks. And then what they have up the field is incredible. But look at Damer Burns and look at Declan Hannan and look at um, Kyle Hayes. Look at their striking ability, putting the ball from a half-back into the boys inside. There's no rocket science in that. No rocket science in that. The ball, I've never seen man run faster than the ball. When you leave the ball off the hurley, there's nobody going to get there before the ball ends. I think we've complicated it a little bit too much. And, and very finally, Tomás, that you brought up Limerick, will it be four in a row for them? Can Kilkenny, Cork, anybody else stop them? How do you see the year panning out? Yeah, you'd look at kind of where they're at in terms of their preparation. Sometimes they've planned this incredibly well, just getting guys back, never worried about the league, um, kind of phase guys in. Um, I think John Kiley this year has actually unearthed another four or five players that he needed to do so. He needed to put pressure on Galan a bit more. He needed to put pressure on other guys a bit more. And he's got a kind of a younger co- crew coming in. And, you know, um, you look at young Houlihan there now playing in a couple of league matches, very impressive. You look at Colin uh, back, you know, very impressive. You look at Adam English coming into the fray, very impressive. And that has to be good for Limerick. 
say, in the starting 15 who might think they're guaranteed our place, that might be the case anymore. If you don't perform, you don't play. And I just like John Kiley's attitude. I just love it. He is not complicating things. He's a player of man. The bus will stop. He might go and have a point with them. But then they know when to stop and they get themselves ready. And, um, yeah, I think, again, they're going to be the team to beat. No doubt. And, yeah, I, if if you're Limerick... You want to equal what Kilkenny did and you want to equal what Cork did many, many, many years ago and get that four in a row. And if they got four in a row, who's to stop and say they want to be the best team in history to do five? That's a target. And if you're in that Limerick scene, that's what I'd be driving into them as well. We have this chance to be remembered forever. Well, Tomás, I have to say, I'll remember this interview forever. Hopefully I remember Sunday forever because Kilkenny will advance to a league final. I'm sure you wouldn't uh, want to see that happen. But uh, if you are at UPMC in Olin Park, as you said, you will be. Do enjoy the game on Sunday and I can't thank you enough for stopping by to speak to me today. OK, Robbie, thanks for the call. Good to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. We're getting ready to go to Chadwick Wexford Park for Carlos Round 7 clash with, you guessed it, Wexford. But first, we have to talk a bit of soccer. You know me, I love having a chat with everyone all around the Kilkenny and Carlow District League. It's the first time I'm getting to have a chat with this man with a microphone in front of me. Joining me now is Freebooter Starlet, Mr. David Rice. Ricey, how are you doing, sir? Well, Shane, how's it going? Absolutely buzzing now for ye. Um, first of all, let's deal with... What happened last week? Pat Marshield win came away with a three-one win over Bridge United. You must be absolutely delighted with that. Yeah, delighted, absolutely over the moon to win the competition. Um, you set out from the start of the year to try and win everything you can, and that was the first piece of silverware we picked up. It was nice to retain the trophy from last year, uh, as I said last week. It was my first time since I'm at the club that we actually retained the trophy in successive seasons and um, it was our second time obviously since I was at the club to win the Mar Shield you have to kind of win some to lose some, or lose some to win some they say I had lost five Mar Shields up until last year Wow! so I lost five Mar Shield finals before I ever won one I probably have the most silver medals around <laughs> Well, Castle Warren are, are, are not too far second yeah. in that. We've lost three divisional cup finals in a row. But, Racy, uh, going up against Bridge United, who have recently added to their squad, you have Connor English coming from, say, Wexford. You have the likes of Nathan Weston and so forth. I know he came on in a sub in the game. Like, it, when, when you're going up against a, a side that are much improved from last year, is there a bit of, like, kind of apprehensiveness coming from the Booters camp? Yeah, you're always going to. I won't say nervous but you're going to have to take into consideration all your opposition Bridge are building a very good thing out there we played them on the opening day of the season this year and they put a lot of money into getting their pitch and their surface and everything right out there and it was a credit to the lads and a credit to themselves the pitch was in immaculate condition they have some fantastic players out there I know Connor very well and he's trying to do things right they're playing a nice brand of football they were unlucky in the final. They had a suspension of one of their main players from the semi-final. And um, Connor, who I didn't actually think was going to be playing, but then fair play to him, played and played through a pain barrier. And he had a very good game in the final. Like, uh, kind of your big players stand up then for your big games. Uh, Connor led the way from, him. And uh, I just like to see him kind of push on from there. 
Yeah, uh, it was. It seemed like a tough old battle because it was one all, and then you you kind of stormed ahead in the second half, which it, which is kind of a credit to yourselves. You're mentioning some big game players, and there were some big game players that stepped up for yourselves, like uh, uh, Jar Hayes. Uh, you yourself ended up getting on the score sheet as well. So congrats on that one. Oh, thanks very much. Look, I, you'd be always happy. It, it's it's very nice getting a score sheet whenever, especially you turn around and you see. What we have in the freebooters there at the minute is a very tight-knit group. It's one of the best groups I've ever been involved with. There's young and old involved. And um, What side of the fence are you on? Are you on the young or the old side? Oh, I'm near retirement now. <laughs> stage, but when, you, when you do actually put the ball in the net and you turn around and you see the look of joy on all your players' faces, like we had a very tough pre-season, the toughest I've probably ever done. We trained all through the winter trained up in the gym over Christmas we've had good numbers all year we haven't had any training where you'd have less than 12, 13, 14 people which as teams know and people know Uncle Kenny it can be a thing when it comes to them winter months between lads in college and work and late nights it can be hard to get numbers up there but this group like we all kind of fight for each other on a pitch and there's great competition for places Uh some of the trains we have in games and train, albeit on the little small pitch up in the fair green, they're very competitive. There's no hold, no holding back on them. And um, just when you do, like it makes days, like it makes all the tough training all throughout the year and all the runs out in Jenkinstown and all at the start of the year, it makes it worth it when you turn around during games like last Sunday and you see the joy on your on your teammates' faces. Your parents are there watching the match. Your best mates are there watching the match. Like, albeit at the end of the game, it was nearly a sigh of relief. I was just yeah, kind of yeah. delighted to get over the line and delighted to be able to lift the trophy for the lads. Were you allowed to celebrate much now, considering what's happening tomorrow? Yeah, we had a great all night Sunday night up in Doherty's and we went down to town for a few, but like, kind of with the weekend that was in it, there wasn't a whole lot more to it than that. Um, like the celebrations didn't really continue on into Monday or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. can't was, because you're com- you're competing on all fronts still. Um, and when I mentioned the game that's tomorrow, it's a big, massive game, and I know how much this means to uh, to clubs within Kilkenny and indeed Carlow because we have four that are still participating in it: New Oak Boys, you have Thomastown, and then of course you have Freebooters, and you're going up against Ferns United tomorrow. So, what way do you prepare for such a big game? Because it's been 2008 now since Leinster or since Freebooters have reached that Leinster summit. Look we won't get ahead of ourselves yet we'll just take it one game at a time Ferns from what I'm led to believe are a very good side they're second in the Wexford League which as football and people would know is probably the most competitive league in Leinster outside in junior football outside of your intermediate divisions in Dublin in my opinion it's the strongest league in Wexford they're second in the table makes for difficult reading because there's some teams there your Gorys and your um North Ends North Ends they have 4 or 5 games less played but look I see there they have 37 or 8 goals scored in 13 or 14 games so they're well able to find a net so we can't be looking anyway past this one I know there was a draw done but we can't be anyway looking past this game because unless you win this game 
it doesn't, the rest of the competition doesn't matter to you. Yeah, certainly. And then you would have drawn, is it uh, Angers Celtic then after that, if you if you do happen to get through Ferns. But there's there's so many teams that you have to get through now, considering you're in the last 16 of the McCallum Cup, going up against your old side, Fort Rangers. You're meeting Fort Rangers in the league then on the second. And then after that, just a monumentous clash with Evergreen. The top of the table clash. They're sitting three points ahead of you in the table with the exact same games amount played. So that is a real big test for freebooters because I know you personally and I know the sentiment within the club that they want to get back that league title that's eluded them for quite some time there is and it's been a massive factor over all the years you have to win a league title but the only thing is things may look a bit different this year there was different emphasis just take one game at a time you have to keep winning and after you win three four games see where you are like what I say to the lads um, regarding our next few games I know it's kind of your stereotypical comment, but when you get to the business end of the season, if you're still knocking around the important end of the competitions, every game is like a cup final in the sense that if you don't win Sunday, you're out of Leinster. Yeah. If you lose to four Rangers the week after in a league game, you're, you're essentially out of the league. We have four Rangers well away, a very difficult tie in the McCallum Cup. If you lose that, you're out of McCallum Cup. So as well as you might think you're going in seasons and I've seen it happening in previous seasons you can be flying it into April, May and in the space of three weeks you're out of everything it almost happened to Evergreen until the Ashburn thing happened when they went out of the, the McCallum Cup they went out of the FAI to Old County and then they went out to Ashburn in the LFA now Ashburn did have an ineligible player which brought him back in but like they, that was a tough three weeks for Evergreen yeah and they bounced back then with two successive 5-0 wins over Clover, Clover yeah. week after week so kind of shows character out there too it just you have to pick yourself up like in junior football there's no real time to kind of feel sorry for yourself whenever you do lose a match you're kind of waiting and itching all week to get out and try and play a play game the following weekend so that you can try and put things right but it's just to kind of take games week on week now like it's great to still be in all the competitions but you can't take your eye off the ball whatever's in your coming weekend you just have to focus on that game get through that and then you're back to another competition the following week like as you said is it Fort Rangers did you say in the Fort, league the Fort week Rangers after? on the second then Evergreen on the ninth so you'll still have yeah. to meet Fort Rangers then again in the McCallum Cup whenever that gets decided yeah like Fort Rangers <laughs> and I know the lads well out Fort Rangers the two managers managed me in the Oscar trainer there's another two competitions I lost two <laughs> Oscar trainer finals Um but like they're going to have a big say in our season. Yeah. Like they're going to have a big say in our season. We have to go out there. They're going to be flying high after their first round victory in the McCallman Cup. Defeating, um, defeating. Like it's not a particular draw that we would have wanted, but it's a cup draw. Whoever you're drawn against, you have to go and play. So we'll be out in Walls Lock playing. Hopefully, trying our damnedest to get into a third round anyway. Yeah, and you never know. We might meet. Castle Warren Celtic and Freebooters in the watershed where yeah. both of us are playing AC, AC and Inter Milan <laughs> ground, ground sharing yeah just uh, before I let you go Racy the developments that are happening down in the fair green seem very very positive I know you gave kudos to Bridge United and of course what's happened out in Evergreen over the past few seasons has just been phenomenal to see those type of strides been made within the Kilkenny and District League the possibility of Friday night look, football possibility of Saturday night football it's, it's just brilliant to see look it's, it's great to see we've played on many different pitches 
there over the seasons um, like even at the start of this season we were out at Bridge they had the pitch in immaculate condition they have a nice little astro out there as well that they can train on just mean their their money that they're paying for their trains and all has come back into their own club they're not exactly. giving it to the likes of Scanlon and the Watershed even we're out there at Tullerone in one of the earlier rounds of the Mar Shield it was a miserable day out there. They had the pitch and great nick out there. It was a fantastic pitch. As far as I'm aware, I think they have floodlights out there as well. Yeah, so it's great do, to yeah. see things developing like this with clubs. Same with then, River Rangers. They're getting floodlights out in yeah, Ireland. Like, well. it's, it's, it's great. And some of these grants and fundraising, like, you, you can't like give credit enough to all these clubs. Credit to my own club, Freebooters, and all the lads in the background that are kind of working tirelessly I seen it there last night after training the floodlights are even starting to be up now on the far side three massive floodlights um, you see like, Evergreen have set the benchmark two Astros out there two grass pitches yeah. on probably a big, more to come uh, yeah probably more to come on a big site out the Kells Road um, that's where the Pat Marshall was held sure yeah that's that was that was where and credit also to the KDL for kind of ensuring it went because you don't want all the competitions dragging on too late that it went ahead but just getting back to the fair green is it is going to be phenomenal in there like to have a pitch a 3G pitch like that bang in the centre of town it's only going to be good for the club we played Highview Dino and the boys out there in a friendly a couple of weeks ago they have the same crowd doing theirs as done ours and the pitch is fantastic spoke, out there we spoke to the company that and pitch, that, yeah. yeah and that's like Dino put endless work in there and it's paying off now we went out there on a Friday night played a friendly at 8 o'clock there was 40 kids out on it playing before we were there I don't know what ages there was a girls game on there was young lads training like they had it all done up well lit up lovely walkway up the side of it so in the fair green you're going to have that in the middle of town it won't be the likes of me that is going to benefit from this it'll benefit me I'll get to play on it hopefully next year but um if I'm still wanted but hopefully next year I'll get to play on it but you'll see the likes of lads that are coming through the likes of your Leon Hayes and your Carnallys and you know these lads are all going to come through Keen Franey's they all won Leinster Youths with the, with the club so yeah. these lads are going to have this for the next 10-15 years if they continue to play with the club they're going to reap the rewards of this as you said the like the chance of maybe having Friday Saturday night games like letting lads let a bit loose on a Friday night because people do work hard all week mm. and especially for some of the younger lads it's a big dedication to be playing football and to stay in when you do when you're in all the competitions you could be seven eight nine ten weeks even without a weekend off mm. and for lads for me anyway if I had points on a Friday night. I'd be still feeling it on a Sunday morning yeah. some of the younger lads might get away with it but they're missing their friends birthdays they're missing social events social events so like to have the possibility to have a sniff of a Friday Saturday night game there even you see some teams are if you're playing in Dublin you might have to play on a Friday or a Saturday afternoon Friday night Saturday afternoon you go with whatever the home club is playing so if we were taking one of the bigger teams down from Dublin or anything and you could put that on a Friday night or put that on a Saturday you get a crowd as well you get a crowd as well David Rice absolute pleasure getting to talk to you best of luck tomorrow against Ferns United that's Freebooters against Ferns New York boys are travelling to Tully Park to play Trim Celtic so if you're a supporter of local soccer get out and support those teams Ricey thanks very much no problem thanks Shane lots more still to come here on Scoreline of course we're going to Chadwick's Wexford Park How 
now. This is Scoreline. It is Shane O'Keefe. It's about 24 minutes past two and we'll be heading over back to Martin Quilty for the senior camogie tie of Kilkenny versus Tipperary. But we're going to try and get a few interviews in before then. So we're delighted now to be joined in studio from Kilkenny City Harriers, Mr. Johnny May. John, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Shane. Thanks for having me in. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a big... Well, I would say, what, next week, next two weeks, you're going to have the Streets of 5K, it's Streets com- of Kilkenny. Co- coming at us very, very quickly, the Streets of Kilkenny 5K, it's on April 6th, the Holy Thursday night, and this is our sixth year run. That we, our, our first year was back in 2017, and originally the, the route used to start in what was then the brand new bridge in town, St. Francis Bridge, there was... The, the council were still putting down speed bumps on it about three hours before the first ever run across it and, uh, but then in 2019 we moved up to our, our newer course which starts in the parade up High Street Irish Town Francis Bridge Castlecomer Road down John Street up Rosin Street and then you have a second lap and on your second lap you turn up Rosin Street onto the parade and you finish there just outside Renicini's there's generally a couple of hundred people there to cheer you in and as you were saying yourself Shane you might need them at that stage when you're coming up the hill in the parade <laughs> I'll get into that now in just a second but logistically like you're, it, it's kind of the, all of Kilkenny has kind of been catered towards uh, this race for so for someone that's on the logistics side of things. How do you how do you manage to do that? Is it working with the council and trying to get it all together? Well, we had we had two aims, I suppose, when we started the race way back, and and one was to bring like high class athletics onto the streets, because obviously those of us in Kilkenny City Harriers, we we think athletics is great, mm. and uh, uh, we we think it's it's there's there's a great running culture in the city, and we would love for the people of Kilkenny to turn out in a nice spring evening and see top class athletics. But there was also we wanted to have an event that anybody in the city or beyond could take part in and uh, so yeah from a logistic point of view I suppose we've we've we're, we're going to have 900 plus runners uh, at least we will have uh, the road closures around the route so we get great support from Kilkenny County Council we get great support from uh, the local Gardaí we get great support from from the general public mm. because I, I think people understand that the likes of these events they're so important for a city like Kilkenny because Kilkenny obviously has a great reputation for tourism it's a beautiful city it's I mean I, I don't know how much I, as I said to you earlier Shane I've never run it but like <laughs> I, I, I would love to think as you're coming across St. Francis Bridge you might be able to look to your right and see the castle and as you come over John's Bridge you see the, the lilac tree is usually just after after coming out at that stage with the blossoms and it, like it's a gorgeous route it's around a really beautiful city as we all think and yeah logistically we're very lucky with all the support that we get from the council from the local Gardaí and from the, the general public Are you doing it this year? I don't get to do it this year, Shane. Oh, no. I don't get to do it this year. I'm no. sort of challenging to a race. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no. Uh, Shane, I, that's that's what I'm into, man. I, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I've signed up for it because it's always something that I wanted to do. I've been a, in attendance at it for my friends that were running. Wasn't really confident in any of my running ability. Um, but you mentioned how aesthetic Kilkenny is towards this kind of running and so many different routes that you can have, whether it be down the canal, even on the ring road and you're coming uh, in to John Street and you're running past say Langton's and you look over then as you're going over the bridge you look at the castle as you so rightly says and then you're running up towards the castle going up that parade hill there is so many different challenges I like to call it Hill Kenny because there's a lot of hills but it's it's a tough one but ultimately a rewarding one. Oh, it's a really reward but but it is like I was down at the park run this morning and and like Kilkenny park run is one of the biggest park runs in the country and and it it, it does it kind of it shows like there's such a great running culture in this city Uh, but 
you know and I know that is one tough course. I, I've done that. I've done the. I, I regularly run in the park, but I did the park run once, and this is. I was a lot. Well, I was in a lot worse shape than I am in now. But I was running up that hill towards the end. And uh, a guy with a pram <laughs> ended up passing me by. And I'm like, I've, I'm, and I was still doing all, an okay time. But oh, there's no shame in that chain. That no. could have been uh, JD Flynn. I know is uh, it was JD Kit- Flynn. Yeah, it JD was. Flynn of Kittlers. Well, JD Flynn. I mean, if there's some sort of a world Phil and Ted's uh, <laughs> baby buggy championship, that man should be in it. He's he's rapid with the buggy and. You've got to remember he gets he gets extra work there on the downhill because he gets he gets that gravity with that weight yeah. and the wheels, you know. But, uh, yeah, so the, the Kilkenny Park Run, like it's really well supported and it's really popular, but this course is so much faster, and we, we would estimate that this course is up to a minute quicker than your park run. Yeah. Okay, and I suppose the 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 evidence for some of that would be that I I'm fairly sure Brian Maher, a member of our club, he still has the quickest park run in Kilkenny, and I think it's fifteen nineteen or fifteen wow. fourteen. But Brian Maher on this course, Brian Maher runs about 14.30 oh. or a little bit inside that. It depends wow. how far into calving season he is. And he's, he's in calving season at the moment now. He's <laughs> near the end. And uh, we'll, we're, we're hoping he'll be on the line on April 6th. But uh, So it's not a competitive run in, in, in a sense, though, as well. Like, I'm... I'm not going to go out there and try and beat Brian Maher, um, which would be a fairly hard thing to do. Can can casual people that were, would be into a trade up? Absolutely. I mean, look, it is there. There is a there, there is a high class athletics element to it. Yeah, up the of front course. is really fast. And uh, I was looking at the the six previous winners we've had. Every single one of them is in an international. Mm. So like, it, uh, there's there's decent prize money, and it does attract in a high class field. But no, it, it caters for everybody, and I mean, we we get quite a number of children entering with with their with their parents. We get people running everything from fourteen minutes back down to forty five or fifty minutes, mm. and and that's and like it's it's brilliant because even uh, often as you, as as I always take a little cycle around the route about a half hour beforehand, and generally because the weather is starting to pick up again, you might have a couple of lads on holy Thursday night. Maybe they're not working the next day or whatever. Maybe they're having a couple of casual pints. Yeah, right. They might be standing outside Paris, Texas, and. They're, they're going to watch the event pass I might, by. I might join them. <laughs> afterwards, Shane. Afterwards, you can come down to Langton and have an after party with us. But um, like, people come out and they watch it. They give great support. And it's something that that, that visitors to the, to the race always say to us is about how much support to get around the city as they're going. And I know, especially from, from kind of Langton's itself on John Street, back up, there's generally a crowd. And, and Rosin Street then, because it's, it's kind of narrow and it's in on top of you a little bit, you get great support from people gathered on the paths there. Yeah. And the parade usually gets a big crowd because people love to watch we've had a couple of epic finishes in terms of up the front of the race and people love to watch that epic finish and you always get a bit of a crowd on the bottom of the parade to see who's going to come home and steal it or, or win it you know and I suppose back in 2021 very memorable one uh, Mitchell Byrne from Rat Farnham was uh, Mitchell Byrne and Owen Everard our own Owen Everard from Kenny City Harriers neck and neck coming home I mean, everybody thought this thing is this thing's written in the stars. Isn't it? <laughs> Here's our homeboy hero. He's going to come around that corner and he's going to he's going to dust this guy. And Mitchell Byrne Mitchell Byrne made the move at the exact right time. And then on top of it, played the the pantomime heel, <laughs> you know, and uh, gave his chest a couple of slaps and waved at the crowd and uh, beat Owen Everard. And so in 2022, Owen Everard similarly he's coming up to Rose Industry with a little bit of a little bit of a posse gathering on his heels. But no mistake this time for our guy. Uh, Owen, made it, Owen made sure of it last year. And as he hit the bottom of the parade, I, I know he would look around his shoulder and he, he realised he was he was safe and he scampered home. Great win. So Lovely. We're hoping Owen can repeat the trick this year. He's already had one big win in the... Uh, this race is part of the Peugeot, the Peugeot Pop-Up Races Race Series, which is a, a series of eight races all across, all around Ireland. 
and our race is the second race in the series and the first race is up in Port Leash it's a 5k in Port Leash and Owen Everard won the first race so Owen at the moment is on top of the leaderboard and hopefully he stays there and hopefully we'll all hope in Kilkenny City Harriers he's the winner on the night but obviously ultimately what we really hope is we hope everybody gets to see them having a big duke out at the front and uh, can people still sign up for it? people can still sign up there's uh, 600 plus entries already we have 650 t-shirts so if you're, uh-huh. if you're hoping to get a t-shirt that means I got one yeah, no, you're, you're in Shane you're in you've got your t-shirt there are but we are running out of t-shirts at this stage and uh, so if you want to enter you need to enter fairly soon uh, the last three years we've had over 900 entries and so if you you know generally people people generally wait until on the night sometimes or especially our locals and if the weather's good well why wouldn't you go down run 5k and head into Langton's afterwards for a, a basket of cocktail sausages and goujons and maybe a goujon and maybe a little cheeky bottle of something as well to, <laughs> to reward yourself for the work that you did so yeah people can still enter you go to kch.ie if you go to any of our social media so we've a really active social media Facebook Twitter and Instagram uh, the, the, there's a picture of the t-shirt up on Instagram it's black and amber and uh has a has a has a little special symbol on the back to mark our 70th anniversary and any of those to enter there popupraces.ie and it uh, the race entry is 20 euro it's 12 euro for under 16s and we're, we're hoping to get a big crowd down and a big crowd out to watch it and a big crowd of people back to langton's for afterwards as well because that's a real part of it like people love to gather and i know especially runners or people who have run all they want to talk about is running yeah so where better head down to Langton's and talk to fellow runners how did you find it what did you enjoy about it and that's that That for me is also a really enjoyable part of it because it's uh, the race usually starts and I, I stand there and I kind of like I take a little deep breath and I'm like oh good it started <laughs> you know everything's gone okay and the race is away and then I always you know about five minutes in I look down at my watch and I go oh my god they're coming back on the first lap and it just it, the race flashes by and so you don't get a minute to catch your breath for, for us for those of us who are involved in the organisation of it until you get down to Langton's afterwards and, and Langton's are our major sponsor and have been our major sponsor from the start and uh, we're we're very very much indebted to them for for all the support to give this because it's it's one of the premier locations and venues in the city if not in the in the whole country and just people love going down there having a bit to eat few points give the the prize winners a, a clap and a celebration and we always have a lovely night there afterwards well I'm looking forward to competing in it myself Johnny and as you said if people want to compete in it they go into was it KCH KCH.ie any of our social media sites which is Kenny City Harriers popupraces.ie and you'll get your entry clicked there and you might even get a t-shirt if you're well, if you're doing it soon We, I, I would say and this is based on six years I would imagine we'll run out of t-shirts by this evening because the entries start to pick up really quickly because people start to make their mind up about what they're going to do. So if you want to get in, please do get in as quick as possible. 6th of April, that is happening. Johnny, thanks very much for coming in. Um, I'd love to be able to speak more to you as well about uh, the likes of Clean and what she's been getting up to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, We're in between indoor and outdoor season now. Uh, I know our juveniles are up at uh, the All-Ireland Indoor Relays today. We've had our under-13 girls have, have won and secure, they've secured a gold medal and a championship record. Our under-15 girls were third and under-17 girls were second. So the life of the club continues in so many ways all the time. But Kleena, yeah, Kleena had a very good indoor season. I mean, her first full indoor season in a long time. She made it to the Europeans and... Look, she's just she's a, she's a superstar. She's a superstar, and we're so blessed to have her in the club. And all of our like those that those relay teams that I'm talking about, they they train on the same track as Kleena two nights a week, mm. every week. So you know it's brilliant for that sort of inspiration around the club too. 
Well, brilliant, Johnny. We'll get you in again very, very soon as well. I enjoy talking to you about it. Thank um, you, Shane. Would you mind if I was just to mention our sponsors? I want go for to, it. We've, a, we've a few of them just to say thanks very much to Langtons, David Wilson Jewellery, Fran Grinsell Estate Agent, Owen Everard Solution Physiotherapy, the Irish Federation of Accountants, and Noel Sugar Osteopath. And of course, thanks to the County Council and the local Gardaí for all the help they give as well. Johnny, thanks very much for, to you for coming in. Looking forward to seeing you there on April 6th. Thank you. Johnny May from Kilkenny City Harriers. You'll have that Streets of 5K or Streets of Kilkenny 5K happening on April 6th. I'm looking forward to it. You can sign up now and you may be still in with a chance to get a T-shirt worn on the day. We're going to take a quick ad break. When we come back, we'll go back to Martin Quilty find out what happened in that intermediate game. Don't go anywhere. And you're very welcome back to Friday Night Scoreline with myself, Eddie Scally. And as I said before the break, I was really looking forward to it and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by three-time Gold Cup winning jockey and, of course, Irish champion jockey Paul Townend. Paul, thanks a million for taking the call. No, thanks for having me, Eddie. Yeah. Paul, I, I, I don't know, is it is it very hard to come back down to earth this week? You know, last week must have been just pure euphoria over there. It is, um, I suppose, the build-up to Cheltenham is become so long now and everything there's plenty of pressure and stress a couple of weeks before it um, you get into your own bubble while you're there so it's kind of try to reflect on, on the, the week that's been now this week yeah and Paul just like obviously as you know I'm obviously a massive horse racing fan and I'm a very big fan of your, yours but like when I was looking at the declaration stages say early in the week you're looking at say before we knew before the horses were say declared so you're looking at say a supreme novice's hurdle so I'm looking there and I'm thinking right Paul's definitely going to ride Facile Vega but then you're looking along the other choices that you had to make during the week you know like Impere Pass or maybe Gallic Warrior um, Lossie Mouth or Blood Destiny and it was just something we were talking about in work this week like you seem to get all the calls right I'd say that's the first time that's happened for a Willie Mullins jockey that you know, you did you, the, the choices you had to make. You made the right ones. You, you know, what process went into that? Or was it a little bit of luck, or was it genuinely, uh, you know, a, a good team with you? Yeah, look, um, I, I got lucky, I suppose. You know, um, most of them tend to pick themselves. You, you'd be sitting on as many of them as you can the couple of weeks before it, and you'd be watching them. And I suppose I, I kind of bring the riding of the horses and what they're doing at home to the table and my agent Kieran O'Toole would be into the the figures and the times and that side of it so um, we, we do we do spend plenty of time on the phone going through them but the majority of the time they start themselves out and uh, you know you're, you're listening to all the, the jockeys in the yard we're a, a team effort there in, in fairness some I suppose you know they're riding the horses and and they're they're giving me the honest truth, not telling me they're working bad if they're working well. So that a, lot, a lot of thanks to them as well. Yeah, and Paul, I, I often heard Ruby say this, and and I'm sure you know I can see the logic to it. But one of the biggest points he said was Tuesday. It's so important to try and get that first winner on Tuesday obviously Faisal Vega ran a very very good race ran into a good horse in Marine Nationale I don't think anyone made any mistakes there I think it was you know it was just maybe the ground suited Marine Nationale maybe the race suited it a bit better but you know the pressure's on you you've ridden the favourite say in the first in the Supreme Novice Hurdle but then going straight out onto Al Fabiolo in the Arkel you know does that lift the pressure blocks off straight away when you get that first board on the board oh big time big time if you get a winner like even if horses run well you know 
the position I'm fortunate enough to be in, every ride I have is is a big ride over there. So um, to get to get one on the board is a massive. You know, I suppose we're expected to have a lot of winners there riding for Willie and things, but um, you know they're not guaranteed to anyone. So to get one on the board is is, is a big relief, and uh, you can relax and and. Uh, to a certain extent for I suppose for the rest of the week then So that brings us in so El Fabiolo does the business for you on the Tuesday into the Wednesday then first up Ballymore Novices uh, Impere Pass extremely impressive the market sport didn't come horse drifted out to a lovely price for Eddie Scally very happy man <laughs> and and uh, it was extremely impressive Impere Pass I don't think he had a moment's trouble No uh, very good he, look he surprised us and, and definitely me in his first run in eight and he hadn't been, you know, competing in the highest levels over here. But we were, we were kind of hoping that, um, you know, he was improving. His work was improving at home, and we we hadn't had had to get serious with him on the track. And when when I did in Cheltenham, he he produced what we thought he might. Yeah, and he, he was extremely impressive. And then that brings us on to the, the Queen Mother Champion Chase, Energy Mean, a horse that's been very good to you and it's been very good to your career. But Tony Bloom, the owner, you know, colourful character, I think he's a very well liked person in racing. Uh, Energy Mean, you know, danced every dance fee on the day and, I mean, took down some big English challengers. I mean, it was, again, a horse, I know it went off favourite at the end, but I'd say that's down to maybe the owner investing late. Yeah, maybe. Um no, to be fair to Tony, he's been very, very lucky in Cheltenham with a select uh, number of horses. He's had a lot of winners there. But um, thankfully, um, when we left Cheltenham for the reschedule of Clarence House, I was hoping that we Willie could get your man back to that kind of level of form. And I had no problem taking them on again. Uh, the two English horses probably underperformed but Energy Mean would have been a very hard beat on the day anyway yeah no exactly a, a very very impressive performance Thursday you, you shot a blank but again looking at Thursday's card you know there was no real standout horse that we were you know that there was none of this kind of five to six shot or something like that going off so that sets you up like on Thursday are you going home a bit disappointed with yourself or you know how's your head because you're going into the biggest day of the week the following day yeah, you have to pack it, I suppose. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday are long, seem a long way uh, ago uh, Thursday evening. But you win, lose or draw, the turnaround is so quick, you just have to move on. And I knew I had a, a very good book of rides again on the Friday. And that brings us to Friday. The, the Triumph Hurdle, it, it, it's always a tricky race, young horses. It's a race you've been looking as well. I think the year um, that, that other horse, Gosheen, I think Gosheen came down, I think you picked up the pieces that day, did you? We did, um, <laughs> for Greg and Audrey Turley as well. You know, so, um, yeah, no, we have had plenty of luck in the Triumph. But it is hard. Juveniles, what's improving, um, what's reached their level, you know, a lot of these horses run on the flat so that they know how to race. And um, it's, it's hard to get a, a handle on them most of the time. And down at the start, Paul, because before I go to the Gold Cup, I want to, because I do want to obviously talk to you about the Gold Cup in a little bit of depth, but down at the starts, especially in the juvenile races, like there was a lot of false starts at Cheltenham. Like with the juveniles down there, you know, are they all just buzzed up in the whole act? Like it could be total carnage sometimes, I'm sure. Um, but I suppose Cheltenham has that atmosphere, especially on the Friday. Um, you know, Gold Cup did everything kind of ranks up another level, I think. And um, it's a lot of noise. As I said, they're, they're they're only babies. 
and uh, they're they're used to running on the flat, so a lot of them are keen going, want to jump out and go. So um, when you have, if you have one of them, it's manageable. If you have two, they can set each other off. Right. So it's just take a kit and gloves and be very careful down there and just get them out as quick as we can. A race can't be won down there, but it can definitely be lost. Yeah, no, it, it was. It was just. It was. I did notice there was a number of false starts, and and, and a few people had said it to me as well. The, the whole buzz and the noise, the you know, it, it only happens in Cheltenham. You don't get anything like that, and it's an interesting point that you make that as the week progresses, the noise is going to get louder because obviously the stakes become much greater. They do. Like obviously, you've the the big, the famous roar on the Tuesday when everyone's fresh. Um, this is it and speaking of Lisa Life again and finding it on Friday galloping the champs the ride itself Paul you know I know you said and you were modest in, in, in your in your interview after the race that the horse got you out of trouble in a few different places in it but AP McCoy you know he doesn't throw out the compliments too easy he's, he's, he's a fairly shrewd enough guy you know he said it was the best ride he'd, one of the best rides he'd ever seen um, you know for yourself in the race you're going in you're riding a short price favourite in a gold cup you know everyone thinks it's probably the best horse in the race if things pan out but like three mile one things don't always pan out the way you'd like um, can you give me an idea how that race went for you during it well as, as you said about the starts that were messy there for the week and I thought the Gold Cup start was as messy as they were but um, yeah the first start we we done well and he done well to stay on his feet a few times jumping on top of horses and horses going left and right in front of us but um, no just at the regroup I suppose going out in the last circuit and trying to get in, in a rhythm jumping and hopefully my jump was going to take me into the rest which he did and kind of about see I can say this because I wasn't sitting on the horse and God knows if I was sitting on a ball it wouldn't be winning two out or kind of three out I'm looking at the race I'm seeing you coming you know with a wet sail and I'm thinking right this is this is Paul's this is Paul's race he's, he's going to win this you know at what stage in your head are you thinking yeah I have this I, you know I'm just it's head down here Paul you've, you've won the Gold Cup do you, do you think that after the finishing line or can you start believing that coming up the straight I, I suppose turning at the top of the hill I was happy enough that um, they'd gone a good gallop and they were they, the, the tempo had never um, dropped I suppose so I knew the ones in front would have to tire uh, at some stage I, I wanted to keep jumping and keep filling up then I missed the third last which was, wasn't was ideal but when he came back on the bridle then I thought right it's, it's game on here Um when when I had a good stride at the last and landed, I thought you know he's if if, if he can stay going, he's going to win you. So when you hit that line, then you're able to drink it in, and and and, and you did. <laughs> um, but the pressure was off then. No, this is it. But it must be it must be like the cork popping on a champagne bottle crossing the finishing line there because you know you're the, you're the main rider for the number one trainer in, in in national hunt racing and and this is the the blue ribbon race. Like, does all that pressure just burst there? And that's pure emotion when you're crossing that line and the whole place is going mad. It does, and personally, I, I I don't I don't feel it as much as in any other race than the Gold Cup. I. I I just think the Gold Cup is the pinnacle and the Blue Ribbon and um, 
it's, it's massive when it comes up and I, I definitely wasn't having that thought halfway around in the race I, I needed him to dig me out No but it was it was a fantastic ride and it's a fantastic achievement for yourself one of the other things that was pointed out to me during the week at Cheltenham couldn't confirm it because I, I, I hadn't time to go through it I was too busy enjoying myself but you, you clocked up your 100 grade 1 winner in Cheltenham so you'd had 100 grade 1 winners as a jockey like it's 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 an absolutely remarkable feat Yeah it's something I was a bit disappointed I, I missed on myself because I had been keeping a, a close eye on it uh, obviously not close enough but um, I had planned and trying to get an idea going to Cheltenham but with everything going on I uh I, I didn't get around to it, but uh, no, I was personally I, I, a thing I'm proud of doing, and uh, not many people people are, are happy to win one, um, and to have a hundred plus now is is it's you know it's something I, I I'm proud of anyway. No, I know, 100%. And I think I've seen a very proud family inside in the parade ring as well in Cheltenham on Gold Cup Day. You know, it must mean a lot to you to have your sister's dad, the whole lot of them in there in the parade ring. I've seen, I think I've seen most of them anyway. They were, they were <laughs> all there, yeah. No, it was brilliant. Uh, Jody got a spin there in the bumper as well. And um, I managed to pip around the line for, I think, fifth or something. So that was a, a little success in itself as well. <laughs> it's, it's important as well. Paul, before I let you go, there was breaking news today in Irish racing that uh, a good friend of yours and a good wayroom colleague, Brian Cooper, has decided to, to, to hang up the saddle at, at the young age of 30, a former Gold Cup winning jockey. Um, it's, 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 it's you know sad to see Brian retiring so young, but I suppose best of luck to him in the future. Oh, definitely. Um, we have soldiers, uh, plenty myself and Brian, and uh, uh, an incredible rider, very stylish, uh, tactically very good as well. It was unfortunate with injuries throughout his career, but, um, you know, showed toughness to come back from them all and um, wish him only the best in his future. And, and it was a pleasure to ride with him for, for the 14 years he was riding. No, and so say all of us and on that note Paul I'll just say from everybody here in Kilkenny Carlo we're kind of adopting you as one of our own I know you're a proud Cork man but you're you're living up here long enough now if you keep living here you'll be I called a Kilkenny man I here longer than I was in Cork so I'm, yeah. I'm pushing on a year <laughs> if you keep winning gold cups you'll see you'll see a Kilkenny jersey and flag it nailed to the front of your house soon enough but no but from everybody here Paul we, we're just so proud of your achievements and it's it's just fantastic and congratulations to rack up five winners again at Cheltenham leading rider and your third goal Cup and to pass 100 grade 1 winners you know I've run out of superlatives to, to actually to address you with but just congratulations from every one of us Paul Thanks very much Eddie That's brilliant that is of course Paul Townend Irish champion jockey and we'll get to see him in action in entry and punches out over the next couple of weeks Sean O'Brien Sean a great effort Hello, um, convincing performance and uh, a great scoreline in the end so it was a brilliant day all round and great to be promoted and back to the top yeah absolutely it was um, it's one of the things we set out at the start of the year so to finally get over that hurdle that we've tried to for so long now um, has been good great uh, bunch of lads are now good squad depth and uh, we didn't we didn't have our best performance today but it was it was good enough to get the job done and Kildare, you know, are a big physical team and they're they're uh, they're um, tough to play against. So, you know, to get the win up here is great and you know, win the league. So that's one of the things ticked for the year. What impressed you most about the Tulla performance, Sean? I think uh 
you know, there, there's a bit of pressure going into a game like that because, you know, we lose the game and uh, Wicklow win the game, they win the league. So, you know, the expectation was on the lads to, to go and put in the performance. But we planned really well during the week. We had good, two, two really good sessions. We spoke a lot about the mental side of it and being ready. And, um, you know, I think the lads fronted up now today. Yeah, the scoreline was fantastic in the end. Got a few lovely tries and everyone contributed, uh, both the backs and the forwards. I mean, the two back row players uh, scoring, Duffy and, and Smith, doing yeah. very well. Yeah, no, there is. There's a nice balance there with, with the way we have the team set up now and the subs are, you know, fight, chomping at the bit as well. And um, it's been one of those. It's been one of those seasons where we've changed the team around a good few times now, and even the last four or five weeks because it's so competitive. So we're trying to give lads minutes and keep keep boys, um, you know, match fit and stuff. But uh, yeah, the two lads, Stevie and and Connor, played very well today, and you know the pack pack uh, played well as well in the second half. Probably our scrum was uh, a little bit of an issue in the first half, but we fixed a few things at half time and got got back on top there. Sean, you're a very proud Tullam man. I know you over the years before you went on to play professional rugby and the, the pride and the passion that you have for the club. But to get back to the, to the top division in, in junior rugby in Leinster, it's, it's a magnificent achievement. And I know the last time you were up there probably was a little topsy-turvy, but you have a team capable now of competing at the top. Oh, no, 100%. I think, you know, we've, I think there's nine or ten lads uh, who've come into the squad this year, younger guys. And, you know, that's what it's about, breeding them in over the next... Uh, and, and, there's, and there's more coming behind them to breed them in over the next season or two now as well. And that's where we want to go. Like, we want to get into 1A and, and go and try and win it um, you know that's the plan to, to be really competitive and kick the club on and develop the young lads as best as we can as well you know as coaches and you know the club has gone from strength to strength so it's, it's about time we're, we're playing in the league that we need to play in yeah, Morris was saying that you knew the draw for the Towns Cup semi-final but you didn't focus on it today was the focus job done now move forward two weeks Carlo Tullo yeah. Towns Cup semi-final doesn't come much better than that Sean you was a Carlo man yeah no it's, it's brilliant and like it's, it's, it's great for Carlo first and foremost you know to have two teams in the Towns Cup uh, semi-final local derby um, you know it'll be a brilliant occasion Carlo have been flying the last uh, five six weeks as well they have a great young team moved, they moved the ball exceptionally well so we'll be under no illusions what, what they've done the last few weeks and how well they're playing so we'll have to be on top of our game you know to mix it with them and um, you know we'll prep now we'll, we've two weeks now to prep um, so boys will enjoy tonight and we'll do a couple of hard nights um, near the end of the week and, and then rock into next week and hopefully uh, put in a good performance and for our listeners on Casey Larka Kenny of course are in the other semi-final up against Kildara Kildara proved today that they can do things right and in the second quarter that's the first half they caused you a few problems so Kildara will be there thereabouts and Kilkenny in the other semi-final so it's great we've three teams from down our neck of the woods and Kildara not 100 miles away so it's great for the southern part of Leinster as well isn't it oh, it is It is brilliant and you know this, this talk about um, at the start of last season about the, the big difference between 1A and 1B teams like there's very little difference I can assure you that and you know Kilkenny are defending champions they'll want to you know they'll, they'll try and hold on to that cup for as long as possible no doubt and Kildara will cause problems though they cause anyone problems so I think you know they have a big pack they're very good scrum good line out and their backs are able to move so you know it's not going to be playing sailing for Kilkenny either like when you get to this stage of the competition you know anyone can win anything it's cup rugby and it's, it's finals rugby so um, should, be, should be two cracking games we look forward to that You're huge support today as well Sean I know there's a lot of great people in Tuller rugby over the years and a lot of faithful departed great people would have loved to have been here today but the support was fantastic yeah support's fantastic it's supposed to come up now and we're going back to the club so hopefully a few more heads will join us there but 
yeah, it's been, it's been great. I think um, the club have got behind the team this year. You know, the committee are working hard for from from the ground up, from from the minis right to us. Um, it's been it's been a good, season, successful season so far for for Tullow, and uh, long may it continue. And before I do let you go, of course, you're very much involved with Leinster now, being the forwards coach. A big matter up for concern on Saturday. Ulster come to town on yeah. half past five in the Viva Stadium. That's going to be a big one as well, Sean. So there's no rest for Sean O'Brien, even though he retired. There's no there's no rest for you, Sean. It's going to be a cracker. Yeah, it should be a cracker. Yeah, it's it's obviously a big game. Ulster would have had a couple of weeks to prep, and they're not really, uh, you know, um, disrupted by the international setup. You know, they're, miss, they're going to miss Ian Henderson now, obviously. But other than that, not really. You know, there's one or two lads in it, so they would have been prepping the last few weeks for us. So we have we've prepped at the end of last week a little bit with the Irish internationals that are coming back, and um, we've a big week ahead of us now to to really get ready and, and hone in on that game. Bit of pressure, isn't there? Because you know the expectation is that Leinster, you know, keep winning and you have the final in in Dublin, but yeah. you can't think about the final. This is this is the last 16 and Ulster coming to town and you know as well as I do they're not going to be bad no no, they're not and they're you know they've, they've been attacking extremely well as of late as well and um, they're dangerous when they get to uh, head of steam up so there's a lot of prep we'll have to go into this week um, but you know another derby game obviously provincial game so it'll be a spicy affair I think and um, you know but one we'll, we'll look forward to you enjoyed the Six Nations Grand Slam win last week from the sidelines I did enjoyed the points afterwards too did so. you get a ticket <laughs> I did I got one ticket yeah, they, were, they were scarce they were, yeah they were scarce yeah, Fantastic, and I know we do have Mick Quinn on and uh, different fellas, and, and you'll be talking to the lads and Casey Law yourself. But the World Cup, there's a bit of expectation there, Sean. But you, as a man that has played in World Cups, this is not going to be easy. No, it's not at all. Sure, like you know, the Six Nations was good, obviously great, but um, I still think there's lots more in the Irish team to come. So that's the exciting part for the World Cup. But like, you have no easy games in that World Cup. Uh, even if we get out of uh, pool stages, you're into the big boys straight away. So. Hopefully with everyone fit, that's the main thing, and uh, see where we go from there. Okay, and before I do that, you got the stats in the Six Nations. Okay, we won all games, we won the Grand Slam, but we conceded the least among the tries. And going into a World Cup, that has to be, I think we only conceded 10, and, and for opposition, they'll probably study that and say, how are Ireland able to do this? So, you know, we've, we've put ourselves up there, and we're, we're put up there to be shot down, but all in all, we can look forward to a brilliant year in rugby, and for Tullow, you're looking forward now to a few busy weeks. It's going well at the moment, rugby, both local, national and international. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's on a high, I suppose. Uh, there's a great buzz around the place when um, you know you win a Grand Slam, and um, you know that's that's everyone's talking about rugby at the minute. And uh, you know locally, then it's it's exciting because you're going into semi-final of a Towns Cup against the local rivals. So that's exciting too. So yeah, no, it's been great. Rugby's buzzing at the minute, and hopefully it stays that way. And just to keep our interview fair, we can't forget Dan O'Brien, same namesake as yourself. No relation, I believe, but from Tullow, doing well, introduced for Ireland yesterday. It's a tall order. Wales were fairly convincing winners, but at the same time. Top class number 10 and great for a young girl from Tullow to be playing in the higher echelons of international ladies rugby. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it was, uh, she She came on, made, a, made an impact, I think. Yeah. Um, they, weren't, they weren't playing that well, the Irish women's team, and they'll be very disappointed with the showing that they, in terms of the forwards and around the. Uh, Around picking goals and stuff like that, they were very, very soft. So, I think they'll be they'll be kicking themselves this week, and and I think you'll see a reaction from the Irish women's team this weekend. We we'll look forward to seeing you in the Viva on Saturday, Sean. Best of luck to Leinster. Best of luck to Tullow. Of course, as being a former player with Carlo, I have to say best of luck to Carlo as well. But uh, it's going to be a great day in Enniscorthy. Thanks, Brendan. Good Cheers, man, Sean. Thanks a million. Good to see you.
Morris, a great win. Destiny was in your own hands and you set about it in the proper way. You got a few early tries and you took the game to Kildaran. Congratulations, you've uh, been promoted. Yeah, no, look, it's it's an incredible feeling. Um, we were laughing about it. It's eight years. Eight years to get to this point. Obviously, we had two years COVID. Um, yeah, with relation to the game, we, we, we just wanted to play uh, territory. We wanted to put a lot of pressure on them. We wanted to ch- force them to chase the game rather than the other way around. Um, so that's why we took the wind in the first half and then it transpired the wind had changed and came with us in the second half so I suppose somebody's looking down at us you know maybe Gerard Ryan's up there someplace helping us out you know yeah, well he was a fantastic club man uh, great support today but in saying that at the tries that you got you took them very well you were clinical you were good and your, both your kickers did very well Scott and Adam also which helps yeah no look definitely um, I suppose the 21 nil up like you said we we'd done exactly what we had spoken about doing and then we went away from the script a little bit and we knew that Kildare possession team and the idea was not to go and contest with them it was just about getting off the line getting set out early in the in defence and we didn't do that and we started coughing up um, penalties and then that gave them territory gave them good field position and then all of a sudden we were looking at 21-14 and yeah, or sorry it was 21-7 and then we kicked the penalty to make it 24 and then they got a, a try you know um, so from that look yeah I I'm disappointed with that but look yeah to get a Lee win is important when it happens you won't always be on the purple patch that penalty by the way that you just mentioned that was a crucial score in the game because they've got two converted tries as you said so that really put another little bit of space it was it was an intelligent move to kick for the six yeah look for us we had to just win the game yeah. we, we we needed four points we just needed to win the game and like you said to keep Destiny in our own hand and force them to keep chasing the game was to put it beyond two scores and yeah that's what that was our plan but I didn't expect to cough up a score so quickly after the penalty lovely try to start of the second half off the top of the line out brilliant put in lovely take Stevie Smith in for his second it was a smashing try yeah that's done to Sean you know it's a set piece play obviously um, something that we looked at with Kildara and uh, yeah you wouldn't want anybody else on the end of it would you no you certainly wouldn't back row getting four tries Conor Duffy with two also yeah look oh, our back row I mean Killian Murphy's are starting back row and Philip Byrne has been sitting patiently for an opportunity and he came in and did a fantastic job Killian on the bench and then we had um, Jack Hanlon coming back and Tyg Walsh who was been absolutely brilliant for us. Um, we we took him out of the squad and we went with four and one. The reason, you know, like we spoke to him, in fairness, obviously really disappointed. But a collective thing is about getting people back on, on um, into playing. Jack is carrying an injury, and if we didn't play him today, we possibly wouldn't got another opportunity to play him. You know, to see how he would react from the injury. Well, job done today, Morris. Now it's no time really to celebrate because there's a big day coming up in two weeks' time, and it doesn't come much bigger than Carlo, a local uh, derby. I'm not. I'm surprised Sky Sports haven't taken this one on, but uh, this is going to be a fair old battle. And Kilkenny and Kildara, Kilkenny, I'm sure, got to look at Kildara in the other semi-final. You'll be worried about Carlo, not worried. But it's a local derby. It's in Anascorti two weeks' time, so preparation is going to be big for Tolo and of course for Carlo. So no rest for the wicket. Yeah, no. Look, I, I, honestly, right. So obviously, we heard the draw. It was Carlo um, yeah, after the in the Scarty game um, but it was irrelevant and it was irrelevant because we needed to win today yeah. and we, we were just completely focused on this now 100% as of tomorrow we'll be very much focused on Carlo you know and I think Corey Carty's done an incredible job and, and I got on with you out and, and you know for them to go to Wicklow 
to win in Wicklow yeah. and I know they have a few knocks and Wicklow chasing at the same position we were I think that was a huge win you know it gives them really good confidence and momentum so the point they're going to make is it's going to be a cracker of a game I think it's going to be it's a local derby I, I don't know when one team is on top it just never seems to matter because it's the, 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 the local rivalry just takes rid of any any any, any difference in, in standard or anything else so I think it'll be a close game it'll be a cracking game I'm and, looking forward to it and even though you dictated today Kildara proved coming to half time that it can technically they can play a good rugby Kilkenny would have won I and them and that's going to be a cracking semi-final again so no matter what way we look at it you'll be hoping Tolo make the final from the semi-final and if we can get Kilkenny into the final it'll be a good Casey Lor final for us on the radio and if Carlo get there would you want to stop Carlo so collectively the three teams down there are doing quite well Kilkenny, Carlo and Tolo it's great to have them in the semi-final Yeah well look honestly right I don't care about stopping Carlo I don't care about Kilkenny I just want to make sure that we win our next game and, and that's the whole thing and the focus has been really on just us you know yeah we, we look at the opposition and we, we look at areas we want to go and attack them and stuff but it's about what we want to do you know because if we do what we do better than they do then we have a great chance of winning if we don't well then we end up losing OK no serious injuries today Morris just before I let you go no none uh, none that I can think of anyway obviously Jack Mack twisted an ankle against um against Inescarty. Um but other than that hopefully he'll be back next week you know or in two weeks time so no thank God we don't have that playoff we avoided it and that gives us a rest and you know a, and a tremendous discipline performance from both teams today I made it a good spectacle today and I'll be you finished with uh, 46 points there was no scoreboard so I hope Johnny Tobin and I got that right but it, I think it was 46 yeah. to finish with 46-14 it's a great scoreline to be promoted on that scoreline fantastic so congratulations to you and all your backroom team and to the club and to all the players in the panel so well done Morris great yeah, achievement I, I, look I mean, we said this and I, I, our backroom staff the last time we won Towns Cup we had a really good backroom right and you know one common denominator Sean is back you know <laughs> so he's really really important to us you know um, Ivan Cooper um, Sprocket and Tom Pert and you know and Carmel you know Danny does the fitness and strength conditioning so I think I think we, we spoke about it it's two teams but working collectively together and we, we, we kind of we kind of marry ourselves pretty good so look I think it's I think it's a testament to everybody in the club driving forward you know and building on it and we want to we want to the last time they were up in Division 1A I presume they didn't really represent themselves as, you know in the, in the proper way that they should have you know with the capabilities they have and with the facilities we have we'd like to go and give that division you know a good run next year you have a good nice age group as well which is great yeah we have I think four players over the age of 25 yeah that's, that's fantastic going forward for Tola well listen continued success we look forward to the uh, semi-final in the Towns Cup and well done today it's great to be promoted and it's great to be back so well done Morris Logan well done Tolo. thanks very much Brendan thank you good man thank you Morris, a great win. Destiny was in your own hands and you set about it in the proper way. You got a few early tries and you took the game to Kildare and congratulations, you've uh, been promoted. Yeah, no, look, it's it's an incredible feeling. Um, we were laughing about it. It's eight years. Eight years to get to this point. Obviously, we had two years COVID. Um, yeah, with relation to the game, we, we, we just wanted to play uh, territory. We wanted to put a lot of pressure on them. And we wanted to ch- force them to chase the game rather than the other way around. Um, so that's why we took the wind in the first half and then it transpired that the wind Changed and came with us in the second half, so I suppose somebody's looking down at us, you know. Maybe Gerald Ryan's up there someplace helping us out, you know. Yeah, well, he was a fantastic club man, uh, great support today. But in saying that, at the tries that you got, you took them very well, you were clinical, you were good, and your both your kickers did very well, Scott and Adam, also, which helps. Yeah, no, look, definitely. Um, I suppose the 21 0 up, 
like you said, we we had done exactly what we had spoken about doing, and then we went away from the script a little bit, and we knew that Kildare possession team, and the idea was not to go and contest with them. It was just about getting off the line, getting set out early in the in defence, and we didn't do that. And we started coughing up um, penalties, and then that gave them territory, gave them good field position, and then all of a sudden we were looking at twenty one fourteen, and yeah, or sorry, it was twenty one seven, and then we kicked the penalty to make it twenty four, and then they got a, a try, you know. Um, so from that, look, yeah. I, I, I'm disappointed with that, but look, yeah, to get a Lee win is important. Well, it happens. You won't always be on the purple patch. That penalty, by the way, that you just mentioned, that was a crucial score in the game because they've got two converted tries, as you said. So that really put another little bit of space. It was it was an intelligent move to kick for the six. Yeah, look, for us, we had to just win the game. Yeah. We, we we needed four points. We just needed to win the game. And like you said, to keep Destiny in our own hand and force them to keep chasing the game was to put it beyond two scores. And yeah, that's what that was our plan. But I didn't expect to cough up a score so quickly after the penalty lovely try to start of the second half off the top of the line out brilliant put in lovely take Stevie Smith in for his second it was a smashing try yeah that's done to Sean you know it's a set piece play obviously um, something that we looked at with Kildara and uh, yeah you wouldn't want anybody else on the end of it would you no you certainly wouldn't back row getting four tries Connor Duffy with two also yeah look oh, our back row I mean Killian Murphy's are starting back row and he, Philip Byrne has been sitting patiently for an opportunity and he came in and did a fantastic job uh, killing on the bench and then we had um, Jack Hanlon coming back and Tyg uh, Walsh who was being absolutely brilliant for us um, we, we took him out of the squad and we went with 4-1 and one. the reason you know like we spoke to him in, in fairness obviously really disappointed but a collective thing is about getting people back on, on um, into playing Jack is carrying an injury and if we didn't play him today we possibly wouldn't got another opportunity to play him you know to see how he would react from the injury well job done today Morris now it's no time really to celebrate because there's a big day coming up in two weeks time and it doesn't come much bigger than Carlo a local uh, derby I'm, not, I'm surprised Sky Sports haven't taken this one on but uh, this is going to be a fair old battle and Kilkenny and Kildara Kilkenny I'm sure got to look at Kildara in the other semi-final you'll be worried about Carlo not worried but it's a local derby it's in Anascorti two weeks time so preparation is going to be big for Tullo and of course for Carlo so no rest for the wicket yeah no look I, I, honestly right so obviously we heard the draw it was Carlo um, yeah, after the Inniscarty game um, but it was irrelevant and it was irrelevant because we needed to win today yeah. and we, we were just completely focused on this no 100% as of tomorrow we'll be very much focused on Carlo you know and I think Corey Carty's done an incredible job and, and I got on with you out and, and you know for them to go to Wicklow to win in Wicklow yeah. and I know they have a few knocks and Wicklow chasing it at the same position we were I think that is a huge win you know it gives them really good confidence and momentum so the point they're going to make is it's going to be a cracker of a game I think it's going to be it's a local derby I, I don't know when one team is on top it just never seems to matter because it's the, 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 the local rivalry just takes rid of any any any, any difference in, in standard or anything else so I think it'll be a close game it'll be a cracking game I'm and, looking forward to it and even though you dictated today Kildara proved coming to half time that it can technically they can play good rugby Kilkenny would have won I and them and that's going to be a cracking semi-final again so no matter what way we look at it you'll be hoping Tullo make the final from the semi-final and if we can get Kilkenny into the final it'll be a good Casey Lor final for us on the radio and if Carlo get there would you want to stop Carlo so collectively the three teams down there are doing quite well Kilkenny, Carlo and Tullo it's great to have them in the semi-final Yeah well look honestly right I don't care about stopping Carlo I don't care about 
Kilkenny I just wanted to make sure that we win our next game and, and that's the whole thing and the focus has been really on just us you know yeah we, we look at the opposition and we, we look at areas we want to go and attack them and stuff but it's about what we want to do you know because if we do what we do better than they do then we have a great chance of winning if we don't well then we end up losing OK no serious injuries today Morris just before I let you go no none uh, none that I can think of anyway obviously Jack Mack twisted an ankle against um against Inescarty. Um but other than that hopefully he'll be back next week you know or in two weeks time so no thank God we don't have that playoff we avoided it and that gives us a rest and you know a, and a tremendous disciplined performance on both teams today I made it a good spectacle today and I'll be at you finished with uh, 46 points it was no scoreboard so I hope Johnny Tobin and I got that right but it, I think it was 46 yeah. to finish with 46-14 it's a great <laughs> scoreline to be promoted on that scoreline fantastic so congratulations to you and all your backroom team and to the club and to all the players in the panel so well done Morris great yeah, achievement I, I look I mean, we said this and I, I, our backroom staff the last time we won Towns Cup we had a really good backroom right and you know one common denominator Sean is back you know <laughs> so he's really really important to us you know um, Ivan Cooper um, Sprocket and Tom Pert and you know and Carmel you know Danny does the fitness and strength conditioning so I think I think we, we spoke about it it's two teams but working collectively together and we, we, we kind of we kind of marry ourselves pretty good so look I think it's I think it's a testament to everybody in the club driving forward you know and building on it and we want to we want to the last time they were up in Division 1A I, I presume they didn't really represent themselves as, you know in the, in the proper way that they should have you know with the capabilities they have and with the facilities we have we'd like to go and give that division you know a good run next year you have a good nice age group as well which is great yeah we have I think four players over the age of 25 yeah that's, that's fantastic going forward for Tola well listen continued success we look forward to the uh, semi-final in the Towns Cup and well done today it's great to be promoted and it's great to be back so well done Morris Logan well done Tolo. thanks very much Brendan thank you good man thank you That's my lot. Until next week, stay safe, stay sane, and remember, above all else, you're sound out. Mm-hmm.